This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What is going on, everybody? It is episode 250 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. I am glad to be back with you after our Thanksgiving break. I hope you all enjoyed yours. Um, how are you feeling, Brett? You feeling rested, relaxed? <laughs> I'm actually not. I, I oh, had, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it is one of those things where I, uh, by the first, the first two days were good. After that, I do get restless and, uh, mm-hmm. I like, I skate and then like I come in, I've got nothing else really to do. I go skate again <laughs> and it's, uh, it becomes a thing. I like, I always imagine I want downtime, but then when I have it, I don't really relish it as much as you want it when you don't actually have it. Does that make sense? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as restless and neurotic as you are. I enjoyed my break. I'm not neurotic. But I'm, not I, neurotic. I'm happy to be back. Hello, chat. Thanks for tuning back in. And we are also back with a favorite main guest host. Introduce yourself, please, sir. Hola, amigos. Dane Font here. Marketing man extraordinaire and the patron saint of White Boy Silver. And just a general... Nice guy. You are. Did you know that uh, uh, Chet Hanks bought himself a Lamborghini? It was uh, it was on his Instagram, uh, and and I, I thought it's significant because it's like he's from like a rich family, and like I, I don't know. So what he's, he's like really weirdly proud of yeah. having a nice car because he bought. You know, he, he's like he talks about how hard work pays off. Like he's got, done a lot of work in the last year to start his business, doing all this. I see that type of stuff, and I'm like, I would put that money away. I wouldn't put it. While in While he Lamborghini. lives in like a penthouse apartment yeah. in Miami, but why didn't he get a Bugatti though? Uh, well, he's not top G. Nah, well, <laughs> oh, he's is he unbanned? I think he's unbanned. I Un, want Chet. Chet Hanks. No, no, uh, no, uh, Andrew Tate. Oh yeah, he's unbanned. Is. I yeah. want Chet and Andrew Tate to do the collaboration remembered for centuries that we all need. Yes, we, we all need. That we really one. need those vibes. By so, the way, vibes is back. Apparently, Dane informed me of this. You're welcome. The vibes are back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Temporarily. So we yeah, got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We are going to talk about Disney and the continued, ah, the continued failure of all that has been done in the last three years. In this case, Strange World, which absolutely positively bombed at the box office. And I want to tie that in a little bit to Bob Chapek, Bob Iger, who's getting the blame, who's not getting the ba- blame. Funny money being passed around at Disney. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff to talk about there. We are also going to talk about Tim Burton and uh, the uh, Wednesday Adams TV show that I am now going to watch after uh, <laughs> after reading this article that we, we talk, that we're going to talk about today. And then we've got uh, the Balenciaga scandal is kind of continuing on. Kim finally responded yep. with a perfectly stated non-response written for her by a PR rep. Yeah, and uh, and Kanye has his own response to that, so we're going to talk about that. And then we are going to talk about Helena Bonham Carter 
and uh, Patrick, uh, Th- Patrick Jane, Thomas Jane, and two uh, very kind of distinct celebrities who have their own thoughts on what's going on in the culture of celebrity right now that I think are kind of more, I know it's kind of repetitive when you talk about cancel culture and how, how stupid that sounds, but I do find that the more these people speak out, the more indicative it is of the culture shifting. And Mary, you actually said earlier to me, you said, I feel like, uh, I can't <laughs> tell you why, but I feel like woke is, is, is dead right now. And, I really uh, can't tell you why. Yeah. yeah. So, but Dane's says it all the time we usually disagree with him and i just feel like he's vindicated right now thoughts dane i mean i'm always <laughs> he's in high slowly spirits. but surely right yes <laughs> let's get into the beginning of the show then all right so first things first i want to i want to talk about disney and th- the thing is that the person who's going to get the blame for this for the strange worlds collapsing and doing as awful as it did is going to be bob chapek when i don't actually think that that's the right idea because this would have been greenlit under bob Iger. but i'm not so sure str- actually i think that this would have been greenlit while Iger was still in charge of course yes but some people are spreading the theory that strange world was used as a test dummy for lgbt pro- protagonists and they had banked on its failure all along from the very beginning. So they would use it as proof that they shouldn't continue with LGBT representation in their kid-friendly movies. That could that's, be Chapek's idea, but I don't that think that's... That seems like a totally yeah. false pipe dream. I, that would imply that Disney listens to audiences yeah. and takes note of what they like and dislike, and we know that they don't do that. Really, what they're going to do... What critics especially are going to do is blame the flop of Strange World on homophobia. So I want you guys to hear these numbers first. $120 million budget, $60 million. I think it was $180. 180 with marketing. Yeah. So I don't know where that $60 million went. Because I didn't see any advertisements for it outside of it's IMDb. It's suspicious, isn't it? A lot of people <laughs> said they didn't hear anything about the film until it was out. The only uh, advertisement I saw from it was a five-second unskippable ad on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. $18 million domestically, a total of $28 million, not over a three-day weekend, over a five-day holiday weekend, which is typically when where Disney animation goes to succeed, not go to die. Mm-hmm. So... It made like twenty-seven <laughs> about million dollars totally. over that whole five days internationally and domestically, and that was compared to the what eighty million that they wanted to open to. Yes, uh, and, and I think they said they they, they saw like twenty-four Insane. they were going to get from international, and it got way less than that. Uh, that does feel uh, like a controlled demolition. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, is that it's a holiday release. So normally the holiday release is where you'd put something that you have a whole bunch of confidence in. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem to be the case here, given that there was no marketing. Not that I saw. Maybe that marketing went places we don't go. Well, being so, in theaters when kids are out of school and it's most likely the time when families are going out to the movies, you would think they'd have smooth sailing. Yeah. And people just weren't interested in this. So this is super, super telling of A, where the culture is going and B, where Disney is at right now. Because the five second ad was essentially Disney's Strange World out this holiday weekend. Boom. And and, and it's done. And so when you analyze it from a marketing perspective, the first word Disney. So they're using, you know, their, their brand goodwill. To get you out there, strange will, so you know what you're what you should watch out this holiday weekend, call to action, right? So typically that's enough. 
honestly. But I think this is a demonstration that we are right now shifting into a culture where there the market is so saturated and you can get that niche content that's just right for you to where an advertisement like that that would normally be sufficient was not. Yeah. And uh, people walked out. There's there's tweets about people wow. who just, I don't know that the this, kids that the kids didn't want to be there. This tweet feels like Fake. all of those yeah. tweets where people write their eight year olds to be far more verbally proficient than they are. Dad, but this one, why is climate change ending the <laughs> exactly. world right now? So this one tweet said, "Took the kids to the movies today to watch a Disney cartoon called Strange World. Within ten minutes of the movie, my ten year old son said, Dad, I have no desire to watch this movie.' Doesn't feel. Can real we to leave?" Me. We left. The leaders at Disney have forgotten who the paying customer is. Maybe he left. Maybe if he left out the part at the end about Disney forgetting yeah. who the paying customer is, I'd buy it. But like you're not wrong. Feels, yeah. But also, this just feels astroturfed. Yes, it doesn't. That doesn't feel real to me. But then again, Disney did forfeit box office in over twenty countries. I believe over, we yeah, covered 20, this already because they wanted to shoehorn in this plot line where a 16 year old character's sexual orientation is so integral to his character that they can't edit it out strategically to fit other cultures but it was so integral to the story it was impossible to forego it and that's creepy but if you're so um i only find out about this because of my conversations with you two to the regular bystander, because uh, from what I'm seeing in chat is like, I didn't see, people are saying like they didn't see any advertisements. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am probably outside of the demographic unless, uh, for targeting, unless they're targeting parents or people of my age who would normally be like parent age. And so I'm wondering in their individual marketing, was that like a central aspect or was that in, in like the fluff pieces? In the fluff pieces. Yeah, uh, so. it, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't a huge part of the the standard marketing, but it's in the fluff pieces. But that but that is now considered part of the standard marketing, and sadly, that's because they know that commentators like us will then <laughs> will talk about <laughs> well, it. Well, critics you would expect uh, would unequivocally praise a movie like this because yeah. it's putting forth the social messaging that they want, and yet they have one of the lowest. Rotten Tomatoes scores any Disney animation film Thank has you. gotten in the last 15 years only above Cars 2 and Cars 3, no. which I don't remember watching ever. No. So it's not doing well, even with the critics who you would think would praise it. And then the audiences have never heard of it, aren't going to see it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. It feels like a controlled demolition to me, that's why people are theorizing that Disney wanted to use Strange World as a reason not to insert LGBT characters anymore. 
it does feel weird because they've been pretty relentless about not giving much of Disney animation to the theaters. They, they seem to be saving Disney uh, animation for Disney Plus and using Pixar at the sure. box office more often. So it did feel weird to me that this was going here when there was no uh, concept to me of, of the marketing to back it. Uh, they, they talk here in this article about why they believe that it was a good idea for this movie to come out in theaters rather than streaming. Uh, and it says, Disney has a, a history of launching a family animated title over Thanksgiving. Audiences come to expect that. That alone is significant of reputation value to Disney and meeting their fans' demands. Had Disney pulled another movie from their theatrical schedule and sent it to streaming, a standard Chapek business move, especially at Thanksgiving, there would have been a great uproar from exhibition. No, there would not have been. Nobody would have cared. No, nobody's even marketed this movie. Nobody knows this movie exists, or yeah. they're not going to see it. So no, there would not have been new a great releases uproar. on Disney Plus are not even part of the public consciousness at this point. No. And then, did you see this uh, this piece about how he was like shifting numbers around? Yeah, that he is uh. actively <laughs> deceiving their investors. Yeah. Bob Chapek just is just trying to 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 get through his disastrous fourth quarter earnings score. He says it says the board has, has concluded that Disney, as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. And I asked, why is that so important? That's because they knew likely that this so stuff was going to. So he's the scapegoat. No, that that uh, Iger's the one who's going to have to be brought into smooth over the fact that Chapek did stuff that Ch was... Chapek yeah. is the scapegoat. Yeah. Iger gets to be the hero that comes and saves the company. But I don't think that's actually going to happen. So in 2020, it says Chapek assured investors that Disney Plus would achieve profitability by fiscal year 2024. That was never plausible. Yeah. That was never... not with the, First of all, not with the amount of money. Do you remember one of the videos that we did early on, we talked about... We, we did a thing where we broke down all of the content spend that all of these streaming services were doing. And Disney was by far in a way, by several million higher than the rest of what they were spending per per year. It was like uh, something billion dollars on content. I mean, all likely they, due to flooding those licensed yeah. properties with new content. Yep. I mean, all they got to do is like get another Star Wars in. But no, they, they ruined Star Wars, though. Nobody cares about Andor. Nobody gives a crap about Andor. Nobody, and they're not putting... They're not even doing the Star Wars movies anymore. They're, they're just, they're dumping Well, it there all is the talk of a new Star Wars movie being in development, Damn. actually. Well, there's, I mean, that's a dime a dozen there nowadays. I mean, there, there are, there's always talk about something in development until I see casting and directors sure. hired. Uh, so basically they talk about how they moved two shows that were originally meant to be used on Disney Plus and put them out on terrestrial television and then shifted the numbers over mm -hmm. to make the budgets look different. It's crazy. So it says, uh, it says, uh, how gullible do they have to be? It says there's a near impossible goal to achieve due to the fact that the company has in reality lost 8.5 billion since Disney plus launched and has bigger operating losses in each of the post four quarters. So it got worse every time. Yeah. Uh, in doing so, Chapek then uh, uh, would then list a given series budget on the respective network's accounting sheets. So he would take the Disney Plus show, but then move the where the budget was done through Disney Plus and move it over to the network. And put, but even though the money was uh, earmarked for Disney Plus mm -hmm. uh, television, it was moved over to the accounting books for ter ter terrestrial television. And it's just you know it's Fine. funny because I hear that stuff and I imagine they have a million ways to do that legally, like. Yeah, they hide, they have the best lawyers and accountants in the world. The They're, need to yeah, but I mean the 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 stench of that move 
is gonna uh, last a while, and that's why a hundred percent that if if that actually happened, they have to change CEOs immediately, because so many things are affected by fudging the numbers and then the numbers being like significantly lower, because a departments get their budgets out of that. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, like budgets are associated with quality. But as we've learned, that's not necessarily the case. But most importantly is that some people have uh, they they a company like this books their advertisements in long in advance. Yeah, because they're they're so prime. And now they're probably the the calculations for Disney Plus being financially profitable in 2024 was probably based off the the numbers of Disney Plus like increasing and now that they that it's public knowledge or at least niche knowledge that the books are cooked like they're going to have to change those figures for sure i it said they spent 30 billion on content this year alone Gosh. Where is that money going? It, that's the same thing with uh, Amazon Prime's Rings of Power. It yeah. just all feels like a money laundering scheme. It does. And I think even the need to cook the books like this shows they'll go to any lengths just to not make good content that people want to watch. It's very simple. You don't need to insert social engineering into kids' entertainment. It weirds people out even mainstream audiences who are completely on board with the lgbt cause like they still don't want it to be awkwardly inserted into a kid's animated movie and the fact that that is so integral to the plot and the character that they couldn't have even opted to edit it out shows that it's a team of executives sat around a table and talked this out and strategize this for a movie for children. Yeah. It, it, that is extremely creepy and predatory. And I, I'm i just tired of like acting like this is a marketing ploy when clearly it, it is not profitable to do this. Did you see the uh, the rumor that they want to sell, that, cha- that uh, Iger is being brought back to sell, to prep Disney for sale to Apple? No really? The, there's people that, that believe that they want to sell Disney to Apple. No way. I don't even just know. merge everything. Just, just everything until it's just everything until Bor- it's yeah. one big Borgization. Com- <laughs> evil core. Like, uh, literally evil robot. core. Umbrella, uh, umbrella core. Uh, um, it'll, it'll turn into Umbrella Corp at the at the uh, theme parks. But you know, that's actually robot? what I wish to happen mm-hmm. because I am, of course, a communist. <laughs> and I, I was like, wow, it's just so complicated to have all of these different subscriptions. I wish that all the streaming services would just be one big company, one big conglomerate that I can subscribe to. Wouldn't that be Because nice? I'm just, I'm a good, well-behaved little consumer. You know, I was out shopping at the mall on Black Friday. Did you, I, did I, you go I'm, out? I'm just, I'm a well-behaved little shopper. Did you go out of to course. the mall on Black Friday? Of course. I, Sounds horrible. Yes. And I had a good time. Even, even because I'm a woman. Just even just getting ads for Black Friday and Cyber women be Monday shopping. Sales. Don't yeah. you know that, Brett? Uh, well, one of the high points is that I don't have to work in retail. Where <laughs> so is it women? I don't, I don't know do you think do it's women anymore. that manage the like 
subscription services in households? That's a good question because from what I like, the way I would imagine it is like uh, Hannah Claire is steadfast in her belief that men are the yeah. ones that want subscription services. I would say it would depend on which subscription service you're talking yeah, I about. I would also say that men are probably more likely to be gamer. I mean, are obviously more likely to be gamers. Yeah. But in general, my thought about it with that to Apple is, okay, Bob Chapek was only really in charge for 10 months. He, he was only alone after Iger was like on his way out for 10 months. And he managed to screw all that up in 10 months because he doesn't have the gravitas or the ability to play the politics that Bob, uh, that Bob Iger does. But my question is, what does Iger do that's going to be any different now? It won't matter. He's going to go in the same direction. All the movies that you saw come out this year that flopped, whether it be Lightyear or Strange World, those are all... Greenlit by Iger, not by Chapek. I, I think it's a it's an optics things for the investors for the cooking of books like that. That's super serious. I remember a, a story that Clownfish TV did like two or three. No, it was probably three or four years ago now, where like a Disney investor or like a Disney employee tried to like blow the whistle on funny money at the or you know at uh, funny bookkeeping at the company, and I don't know whatever came of that because Disney will just bury him in lawyers. Like, it's not like you're going to out-lawyer There's Disney. no point in trying to inquire into it no, at all. you're never going to out-lawyer a conglomerate also, of that size. I no. can't believe that they have an army of, like, Twitter people, like, so-called allies, defending them as a mega corporation. People who claim to be, like, the, the communists, yeah. the, the people fighting the system, etc. They're out here defending Disney Shh. in their butthurt tweets. One of them said... <laughs> Homophobic content creators are so predictable. As soon as Strange World flopped, they just had to cash in. And then someone I replied. I think it was the marketing. I don't think the kids. I don't, I don't. I don't think the kids cared, or the parents even knew about the LGBTQ stuff. I think that the no. company had no faith in it, and the marketing was. Garbage. That's certainly not going to retain yeah. anyone who had interest no. in it initially. And then someone replied to that tweet saying, "If you were to ask any of them what they thought about the movie before the standard first LGBTQ character report, like the they would have said character. that they didn't care or hadn't even heard of the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do you think that's some kind of own that yeah. we have?" haven't heard anything about the movie and that we don't care about the movie and all we saw was the marketing about a first lgbtq character like of which we've seen nine, hundreds nine it's like their ninth or tenth first LGBTQ is that some kind character. of own against us that we take things for surface value i'm not even interested in, in that optic aspect my, my thing is that it's kind of incredible that disney of all companies bombed on thanksgiving weekend yeah, like I think well, I think Panther that's still, the story more than anything. Black Panther held on to Not number true. one for Never the mind. third for the third week in a row. So technically, they win either way. It's all the appearance um, of competition, yeah. but it's not. It really is. It's really, when it comes down to it, it's really just Disney and Warner Brothers, and I guess Universal until and, Walmart Plus comes and, yes, to shake things up. Once we get Walmart Plus, we'll be we'll be good to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also think that the other big thing about this that I thought is when I looked at the the information on the movie, it's like it's a huge waste of Jake Gyllenhaal he's in that movie and nobody oh is he voicing the character Ethan the the dad I think oh the dad I, I, I don't yeah don't I that. did see his name in there that's oh that's strange. right that's okay there uh, the other article when I kid you not they're still blaming the pandemic they're like it didn't do well because we're still living in the pandemic era we've had two billion dollar movies in yeah. the pandemic era and we've had Black Panther made a good amount of money. Uh, all the Marvel movies make 
enough money. They're not making the money that the old Marvel movies made, but they're still making money. You don't get to keep blaming the pandemic era. There aren't people that are not, if they're not going to the movies because of the pandemic, they're not going to the movies. They're going to the movies for Wakanda forever. Yes. What's your excuse? Their, their bold faced lie excuse for people not going to the movies at Thanksgiving time. I cannot believe it. I would be is okay with a, a, adapting to post the post-pandemic world. I would be better. They'd We've be better been off blaming, in the post-pandemic yeah. world. They'd be better off blaming a recession in the fact that nobody has any money and that everybody's broke. But and you better give them something valuable yeah. to spend their money on, or else forget it. Agreed. All right, uh, let's go to super chats. Yes, uh, Joe Schmo <laughs> thirty-two electric boogaloo we said. Love Joe Schmo. Asked my kids four and seven about the gay character, and they were like, that's his friend. He loves his friend. Children have no concept of sexuality. My kids said to me at the end, I didn't like it, and they like everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're gonna... I mean, kids don't think that that stuff is normal because they're kids. They don't have a filter. Yeah. They don't have uh, this, this urge to people please that yeah. adults have. Which is actually one of the... like what, when I see portrayals of kids in television and movies, everyone hates the the overly precocious kid that's oh, way yeah. too intelligent for his own good. That he, there's there's no kid that actually talks like that. But the kid that actually says things unfiltered that rings true. Yeah, it's just usually done in a way that's kind of uh, clunky. I do think screenwriters write children and teens to be insufferable on purpose because they hate family. <laughs> And they want you to be disincentivized from having children because they're just, obviously, they're just so insufferable. I see it as, like, the, the writer, like, oh God, now I get, like, we're not going to be able to do this on set. Now they're going to have to be, they can only work eight hours a day. I also found out over the weekend that apparently California has, like, the strictest child labor laws when it comes to acting. And that kind of shocked me because I would have thought that California would be the most lenient given that so much of the market is in California, but they apparently have the very strict, you know, the strictest standards about hours that kids can work and stuff like that. I mean, one thing's the laws, the other thing's the enforcement, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't, like, I guess, yeah, like, uh, who's going to sue, right? The parents yeah. all want to sacrifice their kids to these uh, evil people. True. So. And we'll talk about Balenciaga later, which is an example Stay of that. Stay tuned. Potatoes for Seamus said, I still want Bretman the movie. Okay. Um, Bretman. Only if Ben Affleck can play me as Bretman. Uh, also, I, I watched a video over the weekend. I don't remember what they were talking. Oh, no. Yeah, they were talking about Ben Affleck not being the worst Batman of a generation. And I was like, that's right. He's Get not over it, dude. He's not the worst Batman of a generation. Fight, fight, Only Clooney fight. was worse. Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean... I mean, I, truly, no, objectively. That's true. I would put him above Val Kilmer, even though I liked Val Kilmer as Get Batman. out. I would. Waffle Sensei said, I don't know if you guys are keeping up with the Reddit page, but shout out to Gross John on his coverage of PCC's most infamous episode. And Brett, you should be ashamed of yourself for destroying that little girl's hopes and dreams. What? Do you have any idea what this is about? What am I talking? What? We'll find out in the next meme review, I suppose. Did, did I ruin someone's I life? didn't know that we had a most infamous episode. I don't even remember the episode that we did. They're all fantastic. The day after it happens. <laughs> BMF Nate Dog said the machine is, I don't know how to say that. Do you mean gay? <laughs> I Call guess. it Gale? Uh, BMF Nate Dog, I have to ask you, what is your favorite Nate Dog song? Is it Nobody Does It Better? 
He'll be like, who's Nate Dog? Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> All right, we're moving on, guys. So Tim Burton is back in the news because nobody can just watch something and enjoy it anymore. Everything has to be done through the lens of identity politics because the world we live in is a cesspool and it sucks. But it says, Tim Burton is getting dragged for Wednesday's tone-deaf delivery of inclusivity. Because you can't just be inclusive. You have to be inclusive the way they tell you to. I was not aware that this many people had beef with Tim Burton. Yes. <laughs> but apparently he is an abhorrent racist who needs to be dragged online to hell. So apparently he is known for favoring white characters, only casting white characters as protagonists, and only casting black characters as villains. So I guess... One example of a villain would be Samuel L. Jackson in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. That's where people started to notice it, right? Yeah, I mean, only because it was in 2016 and yeah. you had to speak on those issues at that point. It in was culture. just starting to. That's Gamer when Game. the leading questions yeah. began. So here's what Samuel L. Jackson said at the time about noticing a lack of diversity in Tim Burton's films. I had to go back in my head and go, how many black characters have been in Tim Burton movies? And I may have been the first, I don't know, or the most prominent in that particular way, but it happens the way it happens. I don't think it's any fault of his or his method of storytelling. It's just how it's played out. Tim's a really great guy. So obviously there was no bad feeling between the two and he didn't feel like he was being discriminated against yep. on the set of a Tim Burton film and then Tim Burton had to answer for Miss Peregrine's that was casting. His, that was his big problem it was it was even the, here's the problem they they answer they actually v give these people validity by speaking on it as if it's well, not a ridiculous question to Tim Burton's credit after he gave this comment back in 2016 he did not comment on diversity in his films thereafter. Yeah. He said, nowadays, people are talking about it more. Things either call for things or they don't. I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Bunch and they started to get all politically correct. Like, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black child. I used to get more offended by that than just... I grew up watching black exploitation, black exploitation movies, right? I said, that's great. I didn't go like, okay, there should be more white people in these movies. So really, he just seems out of touch, or at least he doesn't know the media-friendly answer to give them, which is, I'm sorry, self-flagellation, and I will grow and learn. Uh, yeah, the, the problem here, here's my problem with a lot of this. What they... What what is actually just the way things were? They describe as intent, meaning sure. that he just uh, first of all casting would have been different and perhaps even less uh, of an involved process. And now, when you cast a movie, that might be the most like important department to them in all of the film business is the casting department because. All those demographic questions come into play once they start talking about it, right? So when they cast mm -hmm. Wednesday Adams, they have to they have to talk about the racial makeup of all the cast members. So yeah. those professionals, the people in charge of that, probably should be making fantastic money because not because I think that what they do is super important or that I think that that they're doing the right thing by making it such an important part of it, but because Hollywood has put so much of an emphasis on it. I just can't believe there's still articles about this. Yep. <laughs> like uh, about diversity? No, I mean, but the... They're the going keep coming. The na uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. But the nannying of the, the calculations, like, we did yeah. a... 
<coughs> Sorry. Like, we analyzed every single film, and we noticed that the math, the mathematics on race here are wrong. It's like, oh my God. Well, now all Like, what's on your resume? Like, wh- what do you put <laughs> on your resume when you're that guy that writes the article? Yep. Yeah. All of Tim Burton's past missteps have been resurrected, and people are saying now that the villain from Nightmare Before Christmas, the boogeyman or Oogie Boogie, was a racist depiction of black men because it was voiced by a black voice actor, Ken Page. And they also said it was fat phobic because he was large. Uh, I He wasn't a human character. No. And <laughs> he had a stereotypical love of jazz. And like, his name was derived from a racial slur. I was completely unaware of this. Is everybody of every group supposed to always subvert expectations? Like, it's not even that. No, it's, it is. It, it literally is to me that if you are of any, like, uh, so I grew up in, uh, I, I guess I didn't listen to emo music, but like if I grew up in the suburbs and, uh, and everybody around me listened to emo music, is it my job if I'm in a movie, if I'm a character in a movie, that I do anything but that? Should nobody go into any group that that actually falls along the lines of what somebody in that group might actually like. Well, Tim Burton is part of the trend in Hollywood that they have an obsession with the underdogs and the bullied characters and the the misfits and outcasts. Like that's totally his bag. So maybe now it's being turned against him because people have accused him of only allowing white characters to be in that position in that yeah. frame. And I would push back on that and say, like, maybe Tim Burton feels that white characters fit more into his the world that he has created. They also don't like it when you speak about things you supposedly don't understand. So shouldn't he only be writing about things that he understands? You're supposed to stay in your lane. That's mm-hmm. what they say. My thing is there that... Is a, this is the death of creativity. This is... These harpies, these people that will not stop complaining about stuff that isn't actually relevant to storytelling are the death of creativity and storytelling because nobody feels safe to tell a story without checking boxes. Yeah, it, it, that's toxic awareness. Yes. Like, we, we just got to stop it with the awareness. Like, these articles will, would be best served. Hashtag unaware. Seriously. <laughs> it, these articles will be best served instead of having the stupid nannying tone that they would have. You know, it's like, I think X person would be good for the role, and here's why. Yeah. That's, like, just make a freaking argument for things that you want instead of complaining that it's not happening. And it's like, not you are not I... facilitating the things that you want from happening. It's not that I think Jenna Ortega or the other Latinx cast members Based. aren't fit for their roles, but, uh, and, and their casting was totally something that people planned they yeah. they wanted to that's what essentially I mean by... race swap her however it's the conversation around it that distracts from the merits of the project yes and only because two of the characters in the film or not the film the series are black and they happen to be bullies at the school she goes to does it imply anything about how Tim Burton feels about all black people? No, it does it's not. It's extremely delusional and like worrying if you think that it does, if you draw a conclusion like that. So here are some butt mad tweets. 
One says, Wednesday, I really wanted to like it, but I think it's unforgivable that all the black characters are either bullies or morally compromised. And why is Wednesday Wednesday hostile towards them? <laughs> because they're bullies. What kind of ridiculous writing is this? Okay, here's the thing. If that was true, then every uh, middle-aged white guy would have been sick of being the bad guy in every TV show for the last eight years. Also, I want to point out, actors like playing the bad guy. That's yeah. true. They don't want... Nobody wants to play goody two-shoes. Only Henry Cavill wants to do that. Like, getting you know, the bad guys an honor. Yeah. Like, like they get to they get to chew the scenery. They get to have the cool mustache and facial hair and say all the cool things because... And that's funny. There was a diversity in comics video, like, a couple of years ago where he talks about this. He goes, so it's like a weird type of, like, modern-day... Another type of racism where the white guys get all the good characters because they get to play all the cool bad guys. So you're not... You're doing a disservice to literally everyone by thinking this way who's the best person for the job is there somebody of any racial demographic that can play a cool bad guy hire that person this by the is... way that may be the best point because like truly in film or in in anything really a villain set the tone because it, it they are the obstacle that must be overcome yeah so i mean what greater honor yeah well the thing about wednesday is she is kind of an anti-hero um so she gets to to play that angle as well. Really, this is a lose-lose situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you... there, and Okay, another thing that Wednesday, uh, the series, has been flamed for is queer baiting. That, I'll say, totally valid criticism. Um, one of these tweets said... The queer baiting in Wednesday was astronomical, even for Netflix standards. And Netflix which is, is the worst out of all of them. Yeah, one of the worst. Uh, I mean, Disney's pretty bad. The Dis Disney might be worse because they like they do it for the big budget motion pictures, and then there's like everyone knows like this is like a five hundred million dollar <laughs> movie. There's no time to do this. We know it's going to be like a a scene that's literally this long on the timeline. Yeah, and then people and then we fall for it every time. Well, what they're calling out in Wednesday is a more prolonged plot point that doesn't get fleshed out where uh, Wednesday is friends with this girl named Enid and her parents end up uh, threatening to send her to a conversion camp. That's in the... <laughs> yes, that is that is in the show. Which I'm is, sorry, but I can't wait to watch this now. Like, I was going to watch it over the weekend. Now I'm going to watch it. And it's going to be freaking awesome. So they're rumoring that this is a relationship getting t teased between Wednesday and Enid. However, Wednesday is straight throughout the entire season. And they're mad because they say the boyfriend is the worst character in the in the show. I mean, no. I have yet to, yeah. to see whether that's true. But yeah. Queer baiting is just a cheap tactic to get viewership from a certain market that doesn't even appreciate what you're doing. So you're you're losing either way. If if the show is good, you're you are alienating an audience that would have otherwise been interested yeah. by laser focusing on these social messaging points. Stuff nobody cares about. And then about. if the show is bad, there's no way that marketing it with queer baiting or inclusivity that's tone deaf is going to recover it yeah. that never works so just make a show that's good that people want to see i, I think the the final death knell of wokeness will come when members of minority communities actively start saying i am not a product yeah 
They, like, I mean, think about this too. Like in this show, if the majority of the cast is Latinx, as they say, based. like as, as much as that is, we think that that term is ridiculous. Chat loves uh, it. And, um, and, and the other characters are black. The, the blue characters are black. So is the idea here that the only person that is what, if the quiet part that they're not saying out loud is that the only people that should have played bad guys are white characters? Because they would have never allowed it if, if, if they put Asian or Pacific Island characters in there, they would have complained about that too. Technically, they do have a bad character who is white yeah. in the show because Morticia, well, yeah. her mother, is portrayed as suffocating yeah. and is trying to stifle her creativity and is sending her off to boarding school so that, you know, she doesn't have to deal with her. She's intensely like a helicopter parent in the uh, show. Is that Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yeah, uh, and Catherine Zeta-Jones is a white character. Isn't she so, Alina? I also want to point out that there's a difference here. Like a lot of times when people, when people talk about like, if nobody cares about this stuff, like a lot of times we'll say like, nobody cares about this stuff when you're watching it. And then people say, well, like if nobody cares about it, why are you talking about it? The people who watch this show are not the same people that are necessarily tuning into Netflix on a Friday night, looking for something interesting to watch. Right. This is a show onto itself with its own topics, with its own frame of discussion. But when you're making the television show, you can't use the same reference material or like uh criteria for what to cover that we are because what we're covering our social issues around entertainment you know the the yeah. social implications around entertainment when it comes to actually just making the entertainment you should be looking to cast your net as wide as possible and that means more uh broader mm -hmm. themes and it, that means not titling your your press articles uh wednesday is a is such a moment for latina goths uh, like Cringe. I'm in my I'm Cringe. in my Wednesday era. <laughs> like I, I can't do it. I can't read these headlines anymore. It's uh, it, it feels like we're uh, you guys think that we're in like the death knell of wokeness. I feel like what we're in right now is like this weird. No, not yet. Uh, I feel like we're in this weird reprieve where people are just starting to like. I really do have friends now who are not akin to like not really aware of what's going on in Hollywood who are just starting to notice like oddly enough usually through like regular TV we were like it's like one day they woke up and they're like why are why is why is every show so yeah, yeah. we're not at a death knell yet we're we're in the it does it just doesn't hit yeah you know what I'm saying we're at the point where it's like you're a biggest like whatever fine oddly yeah. enough you said it 17 times who cares I, like uh, that's where we're at my, my friend was like, he said to him the moment he noticed it was like, he's like, I saw a character on a show and it was like a government organization. They were, they were in a hand, they were in a wheelchair and they, and they had a hijab on and that just seemed ridiculous to him. He didn't mean it in any type of weird way. He's just saying, it's like, it just seems like that by making that one character, they were literally just trying to check all the boxes. Because someone yeah. patted themselves on yeah. the back yeah. for writing a hijabi character that is in a wheelchair. And it, and it, it doesn't does, hit like it used to it, in it, BuzzFeed at like in 2015. It does the, it does the actress a disservice because that's all people yeah. will see of it. And all the articles will never be about her performance. It will just be about all of the representation. And that's what, like, those are the people I feel bad for. If, if such a thing was possible, like feeling bad for the fact that like the people that the actors are getting kind of turned into products that they're then marketed as nothing more than their traits rather than their actual ability as an actor. But then mm -hmm. they play into it by saying like, I'm uh, proud to represent this group for the first time. And I was like, yeah, they, they, gave Jenna Ortega this leading question on a red carpet like 
How do you feel about being a Latina representation in horror at, wow. <laughs> at such a young age? Or like some stupid question like that. And of course, what is she supposed to do when then the microphones are stuck in her face? Yeah, feels great. And she has to say, um, it's incredible. And I didn't see characters that looked like me in the major leading roles when I was growing up. So I'm so happy to be a role model for younger Latinx audiences. And it's just... Look. So mind-numbingly fake. And I think what needs to happen in response to this, it's gone to such an extreme. The moneymaker name like Tim Burton just needs to say, I don't care. You're yeah. being oversensitive. Yeah. And that is historically what his attitude has been. I read that a screenwriter for Nightmare Before Christmas called out the supposed stereotyping in this character of the boogeyman. And he dismissed her as being oversensitive as early or no, as late as 2020. And that's what Quentin Tarantino would do. He would just tell you to shut up. Exactly. Because <laughs> because when you've made a name for yourself and you have a signature uh, look and feel to your work that people want and will pay for, you get to call the shots and create the terms. And here's the thing. Everyone can do that. All, the one thing I always wonder why they never say is like whenever they complain, just be like, that's not the story I'm telling right now. Yeah. You can tell your story. They can tell their yeah. story. He can tell his story. Everyone can tell their story. That's not my story. Yeah. You have a phone. It has a camera. <laughs> fill something and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair like, enough. And it, it should be it should be true when it is an extremely diverse cast. And that's uh, if that's what that... That, if that's what that filmmaker wants to do, that's freaking awesome. Do it. Make a good story and be like, this is the story I want to tell. But then don't say that that is a universal criteria for all parties involved. Because that, first of all, that's antithetical to the idea of actual creativity and storytelling. But it's also just a bludgeon. And I'm kind of over it. Well, I'm not kind of over it. I'm extremely over it. But uh, does this t seem like the type of thing that these articles will go at? Because they don't. I don't even know if they're really... I'd like to think that they don't get any play, but they don't. Like, we talk about it, but who are the people reading this this stuff? Like, I... I mean, all I know are, is that there are real people on Twitter, yeah. on socials, complaining about this stuff. It's one major demographic, and it's very, very easy to explain. The humorless. And activists who are not consumers. Who are humorless. Who are, yeah, and who are not consumers. They are, they are anti-consumer. They literally, they are more likely to spend their time on Pirate Bay than because they are to spend their time actually going and spending money on your product. Humor comes from the soul. Like you can't, you can't hold it in e even when you're not supposed to and it, yeah. it just hits you like, you know, yeah. like you can't hold it in. These people, it's a war against genuine affection and feeling towards something. Who can laugh the least? Yeah, yeah, everything. It's all about clapping and being like, yes, so true. Go, queen. Yes, it's, it's about emphasizing things and wishing that that would make it real. What do you think caused that? Social media? Twitter, particularly? Like, I don't the death of the human the, soul. The death of humor. The death of, the death of, genu of genuine human connection feels like Twitter is responsible for that. Maybe Elon is going to heal it. He'll fix it somehow. He'll create an AI program that you know, will fix it. You know, something even creepier about the queer baiting conversation is that this character is like 16. Yeah. Like, Maybe. why do you want to watch... Uh, this is an infamous clip, so don't clip me again. But why do you... <laughs> why do you want to watch teenage girls kiss each other? 
It's weird. You're weird if that if, if you think that that is That's like Tumblr's fault. And uh, if you're like a woman in her 30s who calls herself a sapphic and you're obsessed, a what? A what? They, they they if they're lesbians, they call themselves sapphic. I feel what so boomer. I, I don't know. I don't know. All cool. I know is that I see it on social media. Okay, I don't look into it. I, I try to right now. I've no so wash my eyes, <laughs> but like. If you are a woman in her 30s who is obsessed with watching underage teenage girls yeah. or like shipping them. It's the shipping. You're shipping weird. Them, like you're society. you're a creep. That's creepy. We can probably call blame, it out. We could probably blame like hun like Hunger Games and, and Di Divergent in that kind of era yeah. of movies as like the time when that really took hold. Basically Tumblr in Tumblr. the early 2010s. Yep. And don't drop in on Thanksgiving late trying to eat dessert you ruined the holiday that, that's a particular job for one human being out there who'll never see this but if you do oh you ruined it perfect with that being said mary let's go to super chat space okay <laughs> uh mine is not updated sorry uh, i got locked out let me, so we've got uh, uh let's go let me see if i can go back through and see if it updates uh, double check. okay i, I got yep. it i got All it right, sorry um, BMF Nate Dog said 16 in the clip and one in the hole. Nate Dog <laughs> is about to make some bo bodies turn cold. Now they're dropping in yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G have to regulate. Yes, his favorite song is. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hecubis, Hecubis said Peter Dinklage would be a must for the part of Brett Man. Uh, That's so, not nice. Uh, am I really that? He's uh, not that no. short. I don't know how tall Peter Dinklage is, but I would like to think. Oh, actually, I got a story. Ben Affleck's so, good because of the butt chin. <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll have uh, Ben Affleck's taller than me, and I'm definitely not nearly uh, as as ripped. But uh, here's a story for you. Speaking of Peter Dinklage, this will be you'll laugh at this. Okay. So I was at the store recently, and in the same trip, uh, what store? Uh, uh, I was at Walmart. Okay, and a lady asked <laughs> me to get something off a high shelf for her, and I'm like, <laughs> believe it or not, that never happens to me. Um, <laughs> was she shorter than she was you? shorter than me and she's like can you get something off a high shelf for me i'm like i don't know if she actually needed it but i felt very uh Aww. useful having to get something off a high shelf for for this lady then not even five minutes later i'm in another aisle and there's something on a high shelf that i need and a lady's like do you need me to get that for you and just deflated me for the rest she of was it. taller than you she was taller time? than me and i didn't even need Aww, help getting it no. i got it myself and she's like do you need help getting that i'm like is this a is this a bit am i am i being pranked right now you're getting gang stalked is yeah, what you're getting. Yeah, basically. But yeah, right. so I, I got to but I got to get something off of a high shelf for a woman and I felt like that to then be a Then immediately you got shot down yeah, once again. Took all the all of the swagger that was in my step at that moment and just <laughs> deflated it. Guam Tech said time to pull an Uno reverse on these people and accuse them of thinking that POC aren't capable of playing a believable villain. See, the thing no. and by the way, what's up Guam Tech? Uh, uh this is something people always bring up that you need to use their ideology, their language, their ideas against them. But the problem is when you're not inherent, inherently weird like they are and you don't think that way, it's very hard to turn it around because you're not the weirdo. Your insincerity shines through yeah. when you mirror their tactics yeah. on them. And the real solution is to just be like middle fingers up. We don't care. Right. You have to yes, just learn absolutely. to just that's I mean, that's like whenever rappers get in trouble or whenever actors get in trouble, they just don't complain or just don't yeah. answer. Like think about think about Chris Brown. He just doesn't apologize. 
Yeah. Was he, it the baby that apologized? Uh, yeah, it might have been. It might. Yeah. But think about he Chris. He was accused of homophobia. Chris, Chris Brown, got, they got mad at him for the the photos, like with his fans, where he's like, "I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna apologize." Yeah, for that. Chris like, Brown got accused of being overly familiar with his fans. But the but fans love it's it. It's the fans th- who why? who make the request. The request the po- that the- he like takes these photos with them and or Dave or Dave Chappelle when Dave Chappelle when they were like are you gonna after Sticks and Stones came out somebody like asks him on a red carpet they're like are you gonna are you gonna say something goes blah 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 whatever I'm supposed to say I apologize blah 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 don't apologize the only yeah don't apologize don't acknowledge them like truly they don't hate watch stuff don't acknowledge it because they want one or two things number one is they want you to feel bad so if you don't acknowledge them you don't feel bad and the other which is our theory and the fe- the theory of the girls in uh, Red Scare is that it's like a psychosexual fixation where either you feel bad or they want to be shamed and they, they just really enjoy like this this feeling of shame and then going back to their... Um, do you I, think that's what it is? Like, yeah, that, that's, dude. Yeah, that's that definitely big, an aspect. And then they want to go to their friends and be like, oh my God, can you believe that this person made me feel? And there's like, oh my God, I hate feeling. It does feel like there's this weird like enjoyment at the idea of being like, it's all, yeah, almost back to like BDSM in yes. a weird type of culture where they're like, they feel like they, there is so much guilt in them for what society has told them that they were given without any uh, effort or on their yeah. own part that they feel like they need to be shamed into it just to feel as if that they've done their part to divest themselves of any responsibility. Do these people are so attention starved that if you if you stop them if you if people in mass for like 2 weeks just stopped reacting to them one way or another they'd be like trad wives in a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny and probably true. Caper 2 Act said, regardless of the naysayers and wannabe, uh, I don't, what is that? Connoisseur. Connoisseur. I don't know. Wednesday was great, and Jenna Ortega did a tour de force on it, Brad. She reminded me of Mary. I'm going to watch it and look for, I, I'm going to start like a, a Wednesday Mary checklist and see uh, where things overlap. The Venn diagram yes. is in the works already. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> Caper 2 X said, Wednesday has my vote for a second season. Hola, D. If you're getting that here, like if people who are obviously going to be more discerning here because they're uh, sick of the way that Hollywood culture is, I think that's a pretty strong testament to the show. So I I am planning on watching it at some point. I'm just not a binge watcher, really. I don't have the stamina for it. I woke up on on Thanksgiving Day and watched Fast and the Furious 4, 5, and 6. Not three, the best one. I did, all of them. I did. I no, not all of them. Four, five, and six. But I did it because like when Hannah Claire was in here, a row when throughout the day. You yeah, scare four, me. Four and five. Uh, but here's <sighs> the thing. Uh, He's a man. When Hannah Claire was here last and was talking about three, I hadn't seen three in so long that I didn't really have any way of like going back and forth with her. And so I wanted to be. I wanted four to be fresh in my brain. So whenever she sees it next, I will be able to kind of go back and forth with her about how awesome the fourth one is. Also because it's not very long, which is good. But for the record, Tim's wrong. You have to watch the third one. She did watch the third one. Oh, she did. Yeah. yeah. We talked about it. What? Oh, I gotta talk to her. Then. <laughs> 
Shimi Shelley said Mexican filmmaker Guillermo del Toro is a major force in horror. Does he not count for representation? Well, yeah, unless you're on the camera, you don't count. Well, no. Like, also yeah. remember that uh, Hollywood has their um, standards now where they're they're making the, the racial and gender dynamics of California are supposed to mirror what Hollywood looks like in front of and behind the camera. Yeah, they're trying to yeah. pressure studios with uh, tax. tax incentives. Yep. That they won't get unless they make entertainment that like percentage point by percentage point matches California's demographics. Yeah. However, they once again fail to realize that California it's does not, not represent the rest of the country. I think that particular tax break was about behind the camera. I could be I I could be wrong I, about that. No, I remember it. I, I read through it. I think it okay. was for on screen as well. OK. Uh -oh. And then they, the comments that they made about it reflected that. Yeah. Sh uh. Oh, Waffle Sensei said, how was Thanksgiving, guys? I was super bored without the show. <laughs> I uh, Look, I got restless by, like, like I said, I always think I want a bunch of time off. And then when I get it, I'm like, all right, I need to get back to work. I Just don't skate it's, instead. Uh, I, I, that's, what, that's what I ended up doing. But it's definitely one of those. It was nice out. It was very nice out over the weather-wise over mm -hmm. those days. I had what, a great time. What did you, uh, did you go uh, shopping on Black Friday for family for, for no just for yourself for me. <laughs> even better I got clothes <laughs> what, uh, what'd you get what'd you get um I got a skirt yeah and a top yeah uh, yeah let's uh, let's save the rest yeah. of them. whatever you uh, expect let's save the rest of them and we will come back after yeah. this next uh, this next run so Kim Kardashian is back in the news she has responded to everything going on with the Balenciaga scandal in exactly the way you would expect Kim Kardashian to respond to what is going on with the Balenciaga scandal. She says, uh, well, actually, we'll, we'll go through it a little bit by here at time. But basically, she waited several days then, before identifying it. On Instagram, she posted some pictures of her ass. Good for you for knowing your <clears throat> audience. Kim. I support this, by the way. Um, and then the caption said, <laughs> we need light. And then all of the comments were saying, address the Balenciaga situation. Address it. Address it. Address it. I so she was like, okay, I guess they didn't forget about it. I have to tweet. Before we get started, I, I do love when like Instagram thoughts don't know when to not post like graphic images like they like they never know when is it socially unacceptable so, to post pictures like, of my ass on instagram they're like uh it, it's they're so like, difficult to tell it's uh, i'm trying to think of a at a funeral i yeah, think it's the only one no the, the there's a they do that for everything though they're like uh, or it's like my grandfather died a week ago so i haven't been posting and the picture they post is just like why are, why is this the picture that goes with that just drenched in honey <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like they know their audience and i i I, uh, I appreciate the hustle i will never i will never tell you to not make your money but i will say that sometimes it always comes across as you know when every problem is a when all you've got is a hammer every problem is a nail whatever that's <laughs> Uh, that's what it is. It reminds me of that like 13 year old boy who is a Musical.ly star and he like made a Musical.ly video next to his grandfather's deathbed in yeah. the hospital. Yes. Or like the, it, it doesn't get more egregious than that. Or the girl who took the, the thought pictures in front of her husband's uh, casket. Like that stuff is like that is what social media has done to a generation. And then it's like you can't tell them how to grieve. The, the like worst. yeah I can. Look, yeah just did. I am the person. I am that person who's like, uh, I, I'm the. I'm like, 
I, I think it's stupid, but it's not my business to tell. Like that's I'm that person. But then I still have to wonder how did we get here? I am the person who says, look, I think it's creepy and weird, but I. I can't know your grieving process. I don't know what Whatever. you went through, but I can question whether I think it's a good idea societally. Truly the worst one is it's like a TikTok and the girl's like uh, the sister that deals with like mental health well and then she's like oh. a sister that doesn't and it's a grave. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> there's also there's a like I I think those are trolling now. There's a really funny one. It says the sister who never gets any girls, and it's this uh, any, any guys. And it's this really skinny girl. And it says the sister who gets all of them, and it's just this big. <laughs> it feels like a, it feels fake. Like I a lot of those feel fake to me. Yeah, a lot of TikTok yeah. is fake. We've gone on a tangent yes. though. Let's let's look at her statement. I have been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been disgusted and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand for myself how this could have happened. <laughs> As a mother of four, I have been shaken by the disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard, and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society. Period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. As for my future with Balenciaga, I am currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off of their willingness to accept accountability for something that should have never happened to begin with wow. and the actions I am expecting to see them take to protect children. I'm picturing her like literally morph into a publicist as the statement goes on. She slowly morphs into a publicist. Also, my big question question is sure make uh, to make sure that it never happens again the question you should be asking is what the hell allowed it to happen the first time dude kim kardashian is running for office think so that is oh let's the, go let's go <laughs> that, that statement must have taken politics became pop culture that statement must have taken at least four days hire me i will be your press secretary I will. I, I will uh, fulfill. Since any anyone role. can do that these Apparently. days. Apparently, I will. So I will, I've heard. <laughs> I will take. I, I will. I will work for the kid for the Kardashian twenty twenty four campaign in whatever way. If you need me to go door to door, and uh, and proclaim the beauty of like having a sex tape president, I will tell the public whatever you need me to hear. I'm not um, defending the photographer of this campaign, but I do feel that they used him as a scapegoat, oh, yeah. threw him under the bus so that just they wouldn't have to hold the rest of this team accountable. They say, he says just following orders, but the question is, okay, that, that, that might be true, right? He, he, if he's busy, if he's, if he's checking focal length and he's, and he's framing shots, is he really looking at the documents that are, you know, what's written on a document there? That was somebody else that had to do that. That was either a production assistant uh, and, a, you know, an assistant to the photographer. There's a lot of people in that line that have a lot of things to do that get those things. In there. It's your art director that you should be looking at. Yeah, so here's the statement that the photographer Gabriel Gallimberti said. Following the hundreds of hate mails and messages I received as a result of the photos I took for the Balenciaga campaign, I feel compelled to make this statement. I'm not in a position to comment on Balenciaga's choices, but I must stress, I mean, yes, you are, but I must stress that I was not entitled in whatsoever manner to neither choose the products nor the models nor the combination of the same. You were entitled to take the job or not yeah. take he the could, job. He could have though. not taken the job. As a photographer, I was only and solely requested to uh, 
lit the given scene. I think he's he's, yep. he's not good at English. Base. Take the shots according to my signature style. As usual for a commercial shooting, the direction of the campaign and the choice of the objects displayed are not in the hands of the photographer. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he doesn't share blame, but they did throw him under the bus to distract yep. so that we wouldn't look to the real culprits. And the docu like the documents are one thing, but it's like one thing that, that struck me about all the photos is the is the lack of any type of emotion. Like the kids all look miserable. And mm -hmm. that's a stylistic choice. Yes. Like that that was very deliberate to me and feels more insidious. Now is the idea here that his past work, we, we looked through his Instagram, he had a lot of pictures. Some of the pictures the kids looked like they were, you know, because he had that whole theme, right? Of like kids with their toy toys. Stories. Toy story. The kids and, usually didn't look as dejected in those still, photos, but they were still awkward. It yeah. didn't look like they were comfortable. They have this photo being taken of them inside their bedroom, shared with thousands of people. I mean, assuming, I don't know if that's a set or if that's actually in their room. No, so no, he, he, he goes he to their to homes. Their, yeah, he said they yeah. travel to their homes. But I, I'm astounded that they didn't go for the, we're just trying to bring awareness route. Because that's the oh, classic. Yeah. I don't think that would have worked here because it's like if you were trying to bring awareness to it, why isn't it part of it? They would have had to say, it would have had to have been brought up in the actual verbal marketing. I mean, it, it would just be in the background. It would have been a lie, obviously. But yeah. the thing is, I mean, there's there's no way to make this look good. No, no, their 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 PR reps are working overtime to not make them look like the scumbags that they are right now. The other thing I want to talk about here is the the difference in approaches between how uh, Kanye West has addressed this and how Kim Kardashian has addressed this and what feels to me like a tale of two different people at two different stages in their careers in this industry. Uh, what I get from when I read what Kanye says and uh, or watch the videos of the interviews, what Jesus? He he seems legitimately terrified for like the the future of children, uh, you know, for children and his and, own and, and, children and his own well. children. Whereas when I see what Kim say is very much in the vein of uh, what so, she has to say. It's as such a, a tepid response yeah. when she is enriched by this corporation she's in partnership with them and i mean look at the way that people reacted when kanye was out here posting controversial things on social media and then all of these companies cut ties immediately that is the that it is the extremely speed strange. like the speed yep. with which they reacted compared to kim resting on her laurels just completely unbothered by all of these people being like please make a statement on this brand you're one of the people that models their clothing that is in partnership with them you are morally obligated to speak on this issue and she just posts a picture of her ass on instagram it's like I think we need to ask more of these people. Yeah. Why are they like, why is that you there feel such so an comfortable outcry? ignoring the outcry? Why is there such an outcry for one type of, uh, of social injustice and not for another? Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever a bad move to take your time before saying something in, in, in a purely public relations yeah. standard, especially someone like her who is that influential. And yeah, like there, there's the risk of like when you have a, a completely manufactured personality, like not giving a manufactured mm -hmm. response. I don't think it was all that calculated ahead of time though, Dane, because of the fact that she posted that, that gallery on Instagram that had nothing to do with it. She waited until 
uh, she could gauge the response in the comment section and then respond accordingly. Yeah. Well, if the I comment mean, section on that Instagram post hadn't been asking for a statement, she probably wouldn't have posted one. I mean, it's it's the individual that get that that gets that big. It's rare that you'll ever get an opinion, an actual opinion from them. I mean, I guess the other thing is like, uh, if you're not related to Balenciaga, like, why would you? Speak like she is like no, but I'm saying, but like uh, when what Kanye mentions, he goes, it shows you that all celebrities are controlled. Like, does that really prove it? Because if I'm not, if you're not part of that group, why would you weigh in on it professionally? Even if you are outraged, you're throwing your hat in the ring of something. I'm just being pure, purely from a professional standpoint. Uh, unless you're going to make this part of your brand for celebrities, where you're like we talk about it as outraged because we're not celebrities. We're just outraged by the act itself, what they did. But if you're a celebrity and your image is everything, I don't see, like I can understand the the logic to them of not getting involved in something that doesn't involve them. Does that make sense? Like even yeah. if we are outraged and yeah. we think that they should speak on it, I get where professionally they wouldn't see it as advantageous, even if I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. You're, I, bo- I, you're both right. Like you're right in the sense that, I mean, she's tied to it, so she has to yeah. say something and you're right. And it's like, you're not entitled to my opinion. Like, we, there's too much of that, I think. Nowadays, yeah. like you're you're expected to have like we we think that here because this is something we think is important and we think that people should speak out about it. But we also get annoyed when people choose to speak out on every little thing that doesn't involve them. And in this case, it's because we are we find this particularly abhorrent. That entitlement to an opinion from a public yeah. figure is only in relation to the most trivial matters. Yeah, when exactly. it comes to something that's actually important, like child exploitation yeah. that's when crickets funny how like when the when the actual heat is on when it actually yeah. matters there isn't actually an opinion but when it's just about something mean that was said on twitter then everyone's free to chime in so i just wanted to read out kanye's statement uh he said they tried to destroy me in the press they tried to destroy all of my businesses at the same time and the world saw it and no one is saying anything this just shows you all celebrities are controlled. You don't see no celebrities talking about the Balenciaga situation, right? So that just shows you all of these celebrities don't let them influence you in any way because they're controlled by the people who really influence the world. Um, so clearly, as a former collaborator of Balenciaga, he feels strongly yeah. about the need for accountability in this industry. And that's why he is being ousted. Do you think that his religious convictions also play a role in that, considering that Hollywood is very anti-religion? Hmm. In, in I think his... the, lo- the logical conclusion of, of Satanism is attacking children, and I think that yeah. that's the ideology to which all of these so-called creatives subscribe, even though all they, they aim to do is destroy things. Yep. And one of them, I, we can't show... Uh, her work or her Instagram posts or any of her tweets on here because they are so abhorrent and vile and disturbing. What was her name again? Um, Her name is Lada Volkova. She is one of the main stylists for Balenciaga since 2014. I don't think she had any involvement in this recent ad campaign, but she, if you look into her work, you will find, I mean, Search and you will find that she is into some pretty messed up themes of children, blood, cannibalism. uh, I mean, the teddy bears also make an appearance. Satanism, all of the occult. 
there are other occult symbols that were in the ad campaign that we didn't even pick up on at first, but as time has went on, people have looked further into it. How how much of this is just like wannabe edgy Absolutely. artists? Dude, like ninety percent. Like, like, like that's 90, like, I'm not to, willing to chalk it up to something we have to at least that be, surface surface level. Like I think that there is a conspiracy. I, I would say that like uh, like the extraordinary claims, extraordinary evidence. That's clearly evidence. But I'm just saying, like I don't know if I would say like for all of them. Like maybe with her. It was a her, there are right? useful no. idiots. Sure. Yeah, like I, I think there's a, a large percentage of them that just see themselves as edgy uh, uh, edge lord artists that use this type of imagery because it's kind of like you talked about the one time when you were talking about uh, uh, Megan Fox and um, Machine Gun Kelly with their outfit for Halloween, right? The the nun in the what was she wearing? Like the, yeah. The, it's oh the, yeah, Megan. It, Megan the Fox thing. dressed up as a nun. And uh, MGK dressed up as a priest, that feels giving her a fake Eucharist. Like, it, it doesn't get more, like, fake edgy than that. That's what I mean. And yes. what doesn't hit there is that that system has already been toppled over. There's no power in it the it's, way that they... It's been gone for yeah. decades. And the fact that you're still harping on it, kicking on, kicking it when it is down, this so-called Christian patriarchy, I it shows so that many... you are so out of touch with what, what is actually cool and subversive. And this comes from a place of pure hatred in your heart. I get so many like memes from people that are like still like crapping on Christianity or Catholicism and I'm just it like it just doesn't I, hit like, like it used to I'm like, does I'm like it? if you don't I mean that's fine but I'm like it's not you're not sticking it to the man no. like you like you like you're not you're not Marilyn Manson years. get no. over yourself it's I not 2000 anymore yeah. I wouldn't say decades but like a decade and I don't know even 2010 2000 yeah you, it would have been subversive in 2000 maybe a little bit maybe <laughs> but it, it's it's super it's all edgelording and, and that's the thing it's that it is shocking for the sake of shock and not to send the message. And that's what's so... And even, like, what, okay, so what's the message you're trying to send? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you saying? It's nothing. It's optics. It's fireworks. And that's what's so annoying about art in general today. It's just, it's just a whole bunch of CGI, hullabaloo, yeah. and fake... <laughs> fake morals like there is a difference though between that and uh, a prepared ad campaign in which every detail of those pictures oh is yeah planned out. that's that's different but it was it was obviously on per i think it's obviously on purpose to achieve this effect and to signal to a specific block of the population mm -hmm. like I it, I do cringe at the people who are like still think that they're sticking it to the man by you are a dork <laughs> clip this yeah. you hello Dane Font here you are a absolute fucking dork thank you for that sorry I never use him I I'm only gonna use it once Mary's not swearing either I'm trying not to call me out if I do uh you know what let's uh, let's go super chats <laughs> yeah on with that, that being said my bad Waffle Sensei said, Ben Affleck is good. Dane Font, clip it, boys. You did say that. We're going to clip it. We're going to put it in the next PCC Irredeemable. Review. Bad App said, Disenchanted was poop emoji. The first one was so good. I also heard... Did you watch Disenchanted? I did, no. I, I did hear that they're bringing back Brandy Norwood as, as uh, Cinderella. I'm excited about that. 
Whitney Houston's the, not around anymore. What do they call but, it? The Descendants? Uh, the Descendants. Uh, and you know what? Uh, that is proof that they were woke long before, but it was done in a way that people... Like, it's like the most 90... Jason Alexander's in it. Brandy's in it. Uh, I don't remember if it's Oprah or whoever the other one's in it. Or, uh, I'm sorry, or is it Whoopi Goldberg? It's the most 90s movie you've ever seen. And uh, it's, it's a good thing. I, I loved Moesha. Moesha was a fantastic television show. All of these things were amazing back at a time when I, I don't know if it was let Hollywood is much different, but you're just me being less more naive as to how the industry worked. And it's like, you can't go back. It's kind of like uh, computing forever did a video about his, like, can you like vomit up the red pill? Is it possible to like to blue pill yourself again? You can't unless you technology. De- if listen, if the answer, the, the way to heal the culture or whatever however you want to phrase it is not to do the exact same thing for the opposite political party it is not it is to ignore politics completely and treat things from a lens from a human perspective if they're they're really into politics just call them dorks seriously yeah Bad App said, did y'all watch the vid of Kanye in his new office and Milo is his campaign manager? Gotcha. We live in interesting times, guys. Yeah. We live in uh, we the, the, quarter, the quartering head of video. He's like, what timeline is this? <laughs> it's amazing. Potatoes for Seamus said, Brett, if you ever are bored, I need help on my yacht. Uh, well, I'm oh, not a yacht. closet yachtsman, but... Um, Thank you for that offer. <laughs> if you ever need a plan B, an yeah. escape plan, if, if, it'll be on Potatoes for Seamus's yacht. If the show doesn't work out, I can go, what, what would that be, like a captain of a yacht? I would have to learn how to yacht first. I don't know how to yacht. <laughs> I do not yacht. I think you can figure it out. Yachting. That's a, there's a great line in, in the show House where uh, they go to Foreman for questions about bullets and ammunition because he he's Foreman. And then he's like, the man knows prisons. If we ever have a yachting question, we'll come to you to chase because he grew up with money bad app said kanye and krigler should collab on a jacket line oh. hmm, that would be interesting that would be interesting caper 2x said potatoes for sheamus you need more than one to row uh, yeah you definitely do you need row, to row a yacht, a yacht? Do you row in a yacht <laughs> that's Is how that, that works that's how that works all right we're moving on guys so we've got helen and bottom carter and we've got thomas jane both have had very interesting takes about the concept of cancel culture i know that term is stupid but we're going to talk a little bit about it so basically well, it's like it, yeah. the term cancel culture yes it's stupid but what else are we going to call it and is it there is something a, better and it is like to me like these feel more authentic because they kind of have careers like it's it's when the people who haven't been relevant in 10 years talk about it that i laugh because they have like, less to lose from talking openly about it it feels like a product when they talk about it so it says helen yeah. Bottom Carter rails against cancel culture and defends J.K. Rowling and the vindicated Johnny Depp. Again, is it Rowling or Rowling? We always screw that up. I think, I think it's, it's Rowling. Uh, well, so, so <laughs> That's he, the consensus. Uh, so I'm going to read this quote from her. She says, it's horrendous. A load of bullocks. I think she's been hounded, Bonham Carter said about Rowling. It's been taken to the extreme. The judgmentalism of people. She's allowed her opinion, particularly if she suffered abuse. Everybody carries their own history of trauma and forms their opinions from that trauma and you have to respect where people come from and their pain I, I i don't know if i necessarily like like the idea of framing it all around the concept of trauma but <sighs> this is so this is what's so upsetting like even when they're trying <laughs> to get the back of their homies they just still gotta use all this language trauma? it's like uh, you don't understand the, her trauma the quickest way to 
cash me out of any situation is to use the buzzwords like because then Seriously. it feels it feels like even Kim Kardashian managed to not use a ton of like that was phrased in a way that didn't have all of the main buzzwords maybe that's like what the true professional except for accountability yeah even that but it didn't feel out of place where she used it like maybe like the true heroes of of uh of like that profession of PR agencies now are the ones that learn how to do it without using those five to ten buzzwords that we have to hear in every article a hundred times right mm-hmm. so she she defends him and she defends johnny depp who he is the godfather of two of her children oh really yes okay. uh so uh and the funny thing is is like that that's like what she had to say that after we just had what 130 organizations come out in favor of amber heard because reality is too much of a struggle for people to deal with these <laughs> days but those organizations that made that open letter are essentially skeleton orgs they they don't really exist they're it's just like the money laundering once again they have no purpose i don't think that you could account for all of their expenses i also i also find the bonham card the bonham carter thing falls in line with uh um ray fines and uh, uh rory cochran mm-hmm. and all of the it seems like the older stars are the actual tolerant ones and the young stars, the ones that have no appetite for being tolerant of viewpoints other than rigid conformity. It's because they're still getting their paper, right? Here's one point that uh, Bonham Carter made I kind of disagree with. She criticized the notion that someone's personal life should impact their career. Do you ban a genius for their sexual practices? There would be millions of people who, if you looked closely enough at their personal life, you would disqualify them. You can't ban people. I hate cancel culture. It's become hysterical. And there is a witch hunt and a lack of understanding. So... I think that's intentionally too vague. Yeah, because... You're opening yourself up to the criticism that uh, you're not addressing sexual misconduct. Yeah. You're not addressing the abuses that have happened. People should be accountable for those. And then just the idea in general that your personal life should not impact your career it seems childish and unrealistic because that's inevitable. Yeah. I need more details to know what you mean by that. Like, here's the thing. This kind of giving like Piers Morgan, like if you use the word cancel culture, then you get enough people to listen. We, we do have a society where a lot of uh, people were incentivized to make claims that may or may not be true. And without the, uh, you know, in the absence of evidence, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I'm not willing to just discount somebody's career uh, and all of that all that of which they've offered to society, maybe not an actor. I don't know if that, what you'd call that is contributing to society. I'm not willing to discount it out of hand for he said, she said. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Is Pierce Morgan a psyop to make <laughs> getting canceled cool? Because, I mean... Pierce Morgan uncensored. Cancel culture. We're going truth. to cancel cancel culture. With our major corporation. Like <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I don't what think that he's accomplished anything in the direction of canceling cancel culture with his show. So uh, they also talk about his uh, about uh, her lying about his drug, his alcohol and drug use. Another thing, unless he did something illegal while using drugs and alcohol, he can use all the drugs and alcohol he wants. That is none of my business. I do not care. I do not. Like, I do not look for, that's the problem. We're in an age now where celebrities are looked at as moral imperatives when they're literally the opposite of that. Seriously, uh, They're not ba- paragons of virtue, and they're certainly not bastions of high intelligence. The quicker you understand that, the easier it will be to accept that their flaws do not make them bad at their craft, but also do not make them worthy of any type of reverence. But the question now is, like, who is worthy of 
reverence. Uh, I don't know who. We need someone. Well, this uh, Dane Font. Do you think this goes back to the the destruction of family and that you don't? You, we no longer look up to people that are actually in our lives, and instead we look to the digital space for people to mirror our lives after, rather than those in our actual inner circle. I mean, read classics. I don't know. Read classics. I'm saying, like, what, about, well, what about real people? What you about know? your mom and your dad? Like, were your mom and your dad good people? Did they There's raise you so well? There's so much division sown between the generations at this point. That yes. Now the only the only people of an older generation you're allowed to revere are the celebrity class. There's usually one cool teacher. I know most. By the way, I am not of the mind that most teachers are paragons of society. But you know, if you have like one decent one that actually cares, like that's a good example. You know. Yeah. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about Thomas Jane because he's yeah. one of those people that uh, you could tell he's probably like, uh, you know, maybe this is uh, not the right thing to say, but he's probably secretly super based because he keeps to, to mostly like promotional material on his Twitter. Uh, you know, he doesn't talk about politics all the time but i think he even he kind of like he, he went a little bit further than he normally would on this and i kind of like a lot of what he had to say here so it says that he opened up more than usual in a candid interview with movie web not a site i would want to open up with and they're they're, they're all too happy to smear they're like uh we've got this covered or any of these sites that love to smear anything so it says uh, he was talking about Slayers, which is a new movie he's got coming out, and he was talking about uh, the uh, excoriation of free speech in America. He says he questioned narratives surrounding the science. He says, we read about the public space and worried uh, those who offer conflicting opinions find themselves silenced by big tech. The second he said that, I'm surprised he wasn't like, that they didn't write a separate article just ragging on him. But even now, it's kind of a little bit more safe than it would have been a year ago to talk about stuff like this, right? Like, I yeah, would, and it, it draws more attention yeah. if your career is in a lull. Uh, I don't think his is. For, he works not very for consistently. Thomas Jane, but for someone like a Pierce Morgan. So his, his quote that's is this. what I suspect, because yeah. if you have been a perpetrator of cancel culture in the past, yeah. where you were the one twisting people's words and demonizing them based on their viewpoints, yeah. and then you claim to be the hero Coming to reverse that, I I don't believe you. Nobody lives up to that to that actual yeah. moral, moral standard. So he says, who are the sources? Who's backing this up? Is there any science behind it? What is the science? <laughs> Who's paying for the science? It's being twisted to serve the. Is it being twisted to serve the purposes of a grander machine? And I think one of uh, he says any one of us can really wrap our minds around how grand that machine is that is manipulating us. But we're seeing that as we uh, as why are people are getting canceled because they're not lying. Most of them because they're telling the truth and they're uncomfortable truths that are being shielded from us for a reason simply because the, they're very very powerful Do this you- next quote is pretty boomer he said there's been no greater time for democracy than the present moment with the technology that we have in fact that's become so dangerous to folks that we are now being excised from ac- access to the truth he could have le- left democracy out of that and it would have been fine but that, i that, mean that's people being- don't want democracy clearly when cancel culture is at its peak they're looking for uh, a strong man, a dictator, to tell them what is true and what is false. They don't want to have to 
make up their mind for themselves. And that's really the point of democracy is that each person has a civic duty to educate themselves. That is the last people thing that people want to do now. That's well, why both cancel culture and then a mirrored movement on the other side of the aisle is looking for some authoritarian structure. Yeah. And and to be fair, like society is now structured in a way that keeps you so busy with having to work your two jobs. You got to raise your kids. You're, you're fatigued to the point where you, that doesn't resonate with you anymore. You're deciding power in your nation. They re, they realized a long time ago that the, the newsreader on TV had way more power than they understood originally because you are, first of all, you're accepting what they say is true. I mean... Trust in the media has never been lower than it is right now, but you're putting a lot of faith there. And now compound that with all of the celebrities that are used to hawk every type of mainstream opinion about anything, not, not even just politics, but just social issues in general. He also says he, he, when he's talking about climate change, and I thought that was kind of like, I imagine like he just doesn't want to talk about it, but he gets into it. He says, you don't have to be right. In fact, if you're wrong and if you're able to bounce that off people, the feedback you get will generally lead you towards the truth. Most people don't want to have that back and forth. They don't. They want to no. be told that they're right from somebody else. Uh, the best thing you can do in that case is to either be willing to uh, discuss things openly and honestly or just accept, just say, I believe what I believe, you believe what you believe, and if there's some power in understanding that you're not going to change my mind, is that the most rational path forward? Not necessarily, but if that's what you need to get through the day, then... That's what you need to get through the day. But we're also, we're burdened with the amount of information that we're kind of assaulted by every day. You're also looked at as bad now for not seeking out more information all the time, when in reality, people are just busy. It's because there's two types of people. There's one, there's people that are fascinated with alternate points of views and they genuinely want to understand them. And there's people that want to give uninterrupted sermons. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't even think people want to be told that they're right. Like you said, Brett, I think they also like Dane was pointing out earlier, want to be like publicly humiliated for being wrong. Oh, I don't. When, I don't know. Mm, I don't believe that in this context. I believe that in the in the I'm guilty of original sin. I'm white. I'm straight. I'm from the suburbs. I think those people. It's all connected. I think those people want to be told that they're bad for something that they can't control because it's out of their control. Well, what was I supposed to do? I acknowledge my my role in ruining society, but I didn't play a role in it. It's different flavors of the same fetish. Because uh, so that one is is that that's how they get their jollies, and the uh, other one is base. They they feel like the counterculture, and when everyone's like, "God, just shut up," yeah. they're like, "You're justifying my point." Uh, he, they also talk about how he was in the movie Run, Hide, Fight, which was uh, a movie about a school shooting, which apparently is like a taboo subject. And it got me thinking. I was watching a trailer for a movie from 2020 that never came out starring Jim Caviezel called The Sound of Freedom. And it was a movie about human trafficking, about Oof. a guy who goes overseas. Uh, he's like a, like a diplomat. or No, I'm sorry. He's like a, a national security agent or something like an NSA agent or something that goes overseas. And it's based on a true story. I can't remember the name of the guy it's based on. And he goes over overseas to save someone's brother from like a human trafficking ring or his sister from a human trafficking ring. And the movie had an insane time trying to find uh, financing and then find distribution because Hollywood doesn't want to address, you know, this would have gone plenty well while talking about Balenciaga. They mm -hmm. don't want to shine a light in those corners and there's a whole market now for movies 
for something like that, even if it's run, hide, fight, where that's a little bit, that's maybe taboo, but not quite as taboo as human trafficking, where mm -hmm. there's these stories, there's a whole wealth of stories to be told in an industry that we talk about being creatively bankrupt. There's a whole industry that could be, you know, all these stories that could be told that just won't. Well, I don't, I'm not so sure about that because look at she said, that's attempting to tell a story in which Hollywood doesn't look so good. And still, Brad Pitt is is yeah. getting flamed in the media because he himself is not a perfect uh, e example yeah. in the Me Too movement. He's being accused as well of abuse but and me, misogyny. But Me Too is pro media, uh, was pro media and human and it's, trafficking. Yeah, it's no about upside. valorizing journalists. It's yes. not about standing up for victims of yeah. abuse, and it's not about holding Hollywood accountable because. The whole point of Me Too in the first place seemed to be turning the blame around on other industries. Or and regular not, people. Not acknowledging that Hollywood is a special, exceptional case where abuse is far more rampant in that world than it is in the rest of society. It's just a fact. And they were never willing to turn the blame around on themselves. They had to turn it on ordinary people. Yep. Yep. I, I'm really shocked by just the the polarization re reacting to Helena Helena Bonham Carter's statements because they're so milk toast in my opinion. It's very like it's like, like these <laughs> tweets are are just like mind blowing um, that people feel this strongly about it. It's J.K. but it's anything with J.K. Rowling like, brings <laughs> out the crazies. Someone said to Johnny Depp stands. If you're celebrating Helena Bonham Carter's comments, you're a turf. There's no separating the two. Just a reminder. Beware of anyone that gives you ultimatums or binaries. You're either this or that when it comes to social points. Gosh. And on the other side, That's someone said, refrain. Helena Bonham Carter is an icon, a legend, a talented actress, whereas Amber Heard is an irrelevant, low-tier, shitty actress. So there's that. Damn. <laughs> Just like, I, I don't feel any type of way about these people. Yeah. Was she ever high-tier? Who? Amber Heard. Amber yeah. Heard. She was on the was on big. her way up. She she I mean she was making inroads, uh, especially around the time that Batman vs Superman was getting made. And Aquaman she, for, was a big deal. She was like the it chick for a week. Yeah. Um. When when Aquaman came out and when she played Mira in Batman vs Superman, she had her cred. But now she's kind of been replaced by uh, who 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 do you think was who's her replacement now? Who's the uh, Amber Heard? Um, Zendaya. Or oh, what? maybe it can be Madeline Klein. Yeah, from oh, she's hot. Knives Out, Glass Onion. Yes, she's uh, who? She's that would be looking. a good replacement. There's a, an actress that was in Gla uh, Glass Onion named Madeline Klein who was uh, very, very attractive. Very Looks attractive. like Florence Pugh a little bit. Um, here, another tweet says Helena Bonham Carter is a piece of s. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter defends wife beater and R word is Johnny Depp holding your wow. abuser accountable is apparently just a trend to her. See, no proof. Like I said, the like She's reality, disgusting. reality is inconvenient to these people. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter is another actor who entertained us, and then their work it turns out to be a dummy clown who is attached from detached from reality and ignorant as hell. Is it just, is it wow. a little postmodernist of me to wonder like, why do all of these people think that everybody else is detached from reality? Like, everybody thinks that everybody else is detached from reality. 
Because everyone's reality is right now individual reality, and if someone does not conform to that, they automatically become an NPC within your well, even, simulation. Even my, even in my framing, like I think of somebody who who uses those words to describe Johnny Depp after a trial that clearly showed that they, at the very least, there was no proof that he was any of that. Like that reality is inconvenient to oh, them. Oh, dude, none of these, dude. The people that are making these accusations, none of them. It's like source. I made it up. Like definitely. Like these are that those kind of people. There was a, a meme over the weekend. I don't I think James Lindsay might have posted. It's like uh, it's like R word and P word are evil. And then the guy. It's like the NPC, like the angry NPC. It's a source question mark. Yeah. Like that's the world we live in now. Like you're so controlled that you need to. Like they're so used to like intellectualizing their way into awful conclusions that they will just take it to the worst place possible. That's why I was There's telling no you about that Stephen King thread where yeah. there are legitimately people uh defending Stephen King's inclusion of a what can only be described as a child orgy in it. Because Stephen King happens to be annoying on Twitter and woke woke people like him, so he, anything he does, excusable. He is particularly annoying. He's one of the worst. Yeah. Um, him He's and him Reiner, and Rob Reiner. Him yes. And Rob Reiner just like like the, actually that that stuff kind of gives me a little bit of hope. Whenever I whenever I see like they're like oh look at the backlash on Twitter. As long as it's like the same ten people responding, I do think like they don't have as much power. Like they have more power than they have people. Like it's like if you have to use the same five to 10, if I have to see Mark Ruffalo as an example for your, for, for crappy Twitter responses all the time, He's how the many worst. people are there that actually think that way? There like should be a rule. If like, it's Rob Reiner, uh, Stephen King, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Chris, uh, Chris Evans from time to time. It's like the same five to 10 people. Have you guys seen that viral tweet that basically says women are a hive mind? They can only reason abstractly in the context of the hive and like anything outside of that is not real. Like then someone, <laughs> then a woman replied to that and said, according to who? And then uh, they said, like, see, you're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's exactly that. And I even see this in the conversation about Amber Heard and Helena Bottom Carter, where all they can do, all they can resort to is comparing their viability as a sex symbol <laughs> when we should be talking about the issue at hand. So this person says, Helena Bonham Carter can still get acting roles at any age and will have no problem in the future. She has talent and looks. Amber Heard was pretty at one time, but now all anyone sees when they look at her is the abuser that literally crapped the bed. I was say, her sex symbol days are over. Like, it's just not true. And we need to focus on the issue at hand if we actually take abuse and domestic violence seriously. It's fine for Amber Heard to be conventionally attractive and a bad person, believe it or not. This is the this is the kind of the downside of the internet though, right? It's all arguments kind of devolve into ridiculousness. It never stays on point or like my favorite thing is I do have the guilty pleasure of like I don't like responding on the internet, but I do end up doom scrolling and reading people argue for like out like longer than I should. 
Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh man, you got him good with that one. <laughs> like, in, like, well, I'm, as long as you're enjoying I'm yourself there, while you read the argument, but it, but it gets with me. That's it, fine. But it gets to me mentally. It's not good brain food. It's not good for me yeah. to to do that. And I acknowledge that as one of my shortcomings is my interest in like watching people. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't see that argument coming. Good job, like shoving popcorn <laughs> into your face. Like, I without be... getting too into the details, this weekend was not the easiest for no. us on that front. No, it was not. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's. let's uh, you want to read some super chats th- or wait on? I them? think no. I think we uh, let's let's go. We got a couple there. Okay, uh, Caper Two X. Oh no, BMF Nate Dog said only a Sith deals in absolutes. That, I forget that, what we said. That, that is a a problem. Think right? of that line. Is I don't know. Everyone always thinks that they are one hundred percent morally correct. What only is, I'm right. Only Dane is right all the time. We've had uh, we've had trouble understanding that and accepting that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Waffle Sensei said a piece of Sensei like advice. When someone gives you an ultimatum, Thanks. always choose the opposite. And then he also added party time. Woo! Uh, Thank also, you. Like, is, like, is that kind of just our in our nature as people? Like when somebody gives you an ultimatum, you choose the opposite. Like when somebody says you have to do this, it is human nature to choose the opposite option. There's some good ultimatums, you know. Give me an example. Stop being a drug dealer or I'll leave. Is that a good ultimatum? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's more of a boundary because that has to do with what you what you are willing to do. It's not about what they do. Stop hitting me or I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> okay, then. I don't know, maybe. Is that, was, is that uh, a good example? I, I mean, uh, I think nobody should be hitting anybody. Was personally. that too much to Latino heat? That was a little, yeah, like uh, you turned into Eddie Guerrero there for a second. All right, uh, we're moving on, guys. We've got to, we've got a good one for the end of the show here. It's about double standards, and there is a double standard in this these days. As we as we found, uh, uh, oddly enough, we talked a lot about sexless Hollywood. Yeah. Right. Le- recently, so it says uh, it's TV. That'd be great. It'll go viral. This is Amy Adams cheering on as Graham Norton asks Henry Cavill to remove his shirt on live television while the fans cry double standards. And I do believe that this is a genuine double standard now, only so much as it involves kind of the uh, the performative nature of it. Women are not, female singers are not any less sexualized, but that's seen to be from a place of power. They choose to be that way. I don't know if it is, though. I mean, it's only the appearance of empowerment, but the reality yes. that you couldn't get the fame and notoriety and money that you do without sexualizing yourself. Yes, but, uh, but so it's when, really a debasement. But I'm but I'm saying but it's per, I'm saying I'm talking about how they perceive it, how they how they portray what they claim. it. To, yes, what they claim. So it's a cope. It's always a cope. So it's never true. Uh, the idea here is that we have to, anytime a woman seems to be sexualized or objectified, which is hilarious because all of Hollywood is objectification by its very nature, but anytime a woman is is uh, objectified in any way, we have to run to their defense and cry uh, sexism in Hollywood. I'm sick of it. Uh, However, when it's, you know, Chris Hemsworth in Thor Love and Thunder stripped naked and then laughed at like he's some kind of joke and that is a thing right now that's thank you guys we love you guys that's treated so cavalierly It, it would never be the same if it were a woman now we have talked about this before, I think in reference to a Broadway show where a male actor the male nudity, yeah. was required to be nude for his role. And um, we were talking about this because of that. Really, my point there was uh, a woman's nudity is simply more valuable as a product. Yeah. Uh, 
and also like to be portrayed in art than a, a man's mm -hmm. that's you know played out throughout history of all mankind before mass media was even a thing when are we going to have uh, gender parity and uh, equal pay in porn? I ask you. <laughs> like, it, it bears out in even the those ways. Like, you can see that a woman's body is just uh, yeah. a more valuable commodity. However, that's, that's not to say it isn't gross and shouldn't be called out when men are sexualized and objectified in the same way. I, don't I just can't bring myself to be equally as triggered. About it, I it? just it's not even that I care not triggered it, it, it's but not that I care that he has to get that that he's being objectified it's that I care that he's not going to be allowed to complain about it 20 years from now and get any type of actual attention or social whereas, capital whereas the yeah. women and a memoir about it too. whereas the women will soak it up they will make all the money and then 20 years later like a little bell will go off and they'll be like oh time to cash in on the second half of this operation which <laughs> is I was objectified at a young age in which I was a legal adult I made the decision to allow my body to be objectified and I'm talking I'm not talking about abuse I'm not talking about them getting attacked I'm talking about using your status as a sex symbol in Hollywood as a means of gaining both social capital and financial gain and then you get to get the back-end deal where you get to cash in on the fact that the producers were mean and they only looked at me as a as a as a sexual object well you were selling yourself as a sexual object so that's a, a logical conclusion did they do something illegal to you did they force you that's a different conversation that is a legal issue which i would have my own opinions on whether you should seek uh, uh help from the law should you uh speak out now that's a whole different conversation mine is simply they lavish and they love it now they hate it later and nobody ever sees the dug like, Megan, uh, what's uh, Megan Markle? Megan Markle. Megan Markle has made a whole career off of complaining about women and uh, and their sexuality. She I was just seen as a stupid bimbo yeah. on Deal or No Deal when I was literally in a position called briefcase girl. Like. <laughs> Like what did you whoop. see coming? Like, yeah. I, it's the double standard here. Like, I don't see it. Now, if Henry Cavill can come out 20 years later and be like, I was a, looked well, at as nothing but a sex symbol. And the and media gave him equal pay or play? Sure. He has kind of called a, called this out in a way that isn't so uh, bereaved and preachy and whiny. Because they won't listen to him anyway if he gets preachy and whiny. He'll just be labeled and I totally think some stupid. People, some people are beginning to listen, though. Uh, so here's what he said. I do think there's a bit of a double standard, you know. I mean, if a girl shouts something like, Oi, love, fancy a shag to me as I walk past, I do sometimes wonder how she'd feel if a builder said that to her. Although, of course, I wouldn't feel physically threatened as she might. That is an aspect that bears mentioning. That's the major issue. That's the major difference. It's like... Because there's always, like, the looming reality that any man is physically capable of... Oh, not by their standards. No, standard. There's no difference yeah. between men and women. So as long as we're all exactly the same, I don't know what you're complaining about. Yeah, but I'm see, kidding. we're still denying reality. I'm, yes, I'm kidding on that part. I, I understand that, yes. He said, I don't mind it unless I'm with my girlfriend and someone is being complimentary to me in order to disrespect her. So it seems like he has a pretty measured yeah. Oh, yeah, view of this that... I don't think is common enough with female yeah. celebrities. There's a there's a great uh, 
TikTok that I saw over the weekend where it's like it's like how a guy and girl see interactions differently at like a restaurant and it's like a, a guy like a girl's like oh hi can I take your order and she like she like just brushes his arm and that's what the guy the guy she just touches his arm and the girl she sees all she sees is like the guy like getting his arm molested by this by this woman and the whole it's the whole interaction through his eyes and the whole interaction through her eyes and it really does kind of lend credence to the idea that we see all social interactions differently and I'll freely admit that yes I color that opinion of my own through the lens of what I've experienced and I understand that what a woman goes through, for instance, say with catcalling, is not the same thing as what Henry Cavill or what any man would go through in that experience. But I do hate because we have to read so many articles, so many articles every day about women who complain about how when they were in their 20s, people just saw them as uh, as sexual objects. I'm like, well, you were on Baywatch. What do you want me to do? <laughs> maybe maybe him calling this out is a form of humble bragging. What do you think of I that? like that even more. He's like, yeah, it is tough getting... Uh, Basically, like uh, objectified it's by so women. It's so hard when women call out to me in the middle of the street <laughs> and say that they want to have sex with me. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable. Even super hot babe, baby Adams can't help herself. God. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there's all the memes about guys who's like, guys are so starved of compliments that one old lady compliments them at a gas station in 2010 and they still think about it to this yeah. day. Henry Cavill's like, yeah, I only get like three to five really, uh, really, really rude and sexually explicit compliments a day. And that's, that's rough. That's rough. So I just look, uh, it's my way of venting because we have to read all like yeah. you would, too, if you had to read about Meghan Markle every day complaining about how she's like, yes, women's sexuality is used against them. Uh, this, this and that. And it's like you've got a whole genre between her and uh, what's who's the other one? And Emily Ratatouille, who have whole careers based off complaining. I, I love that, that you like, are steadfast in calling her. I will never call her Ratatouille. It. it will be Ratatouille forever. Thank you. It's yeah. weird that um, all <laughs> of those it. gross thirst comments on like those pictures of Henry Cavill building his PC were just deemed socially acceptable yeah. for no reason. And then when men do it, it's considered creepy. Well, then, like, I think we should just like call for a complete shutdown on thirst comments until we can figure out what the hell is going on because this is making everyone uncomfortable twitch goes bankrupt like overnight there was a there was a couple like of it. um there was a couple of like side by sides that somebody did at one point it was like uh the hypocrisy of the mary sue and it's like all the sexualization of women is bad in the next one it's like look how hot henry cavill looks in the new superman movie like it's all they like do that the, to a lot of male stars yeah. uh, on social media people just feel like no one's watching them and it's like no, this is where you are documenting all of your most insane, intrusive thoughts. Well, also, because if you're a guy, it's a compliment. Remember, if it's a girl, it's just intrusive. If it's a guy, you're supposed to take it as a compliment because guys get uh, less appreciation for their physical physical form. Sure. So it's a, it is a double standard. It does bother me a little bit. But uh, I guess in the context of a TV show, I wonder how much of that is real anyways. You know, like, I don't know how much of it on a terrestrial TV network interview. Does he not know what's going to be talked about beforehand? Are they going yeah. to bring that up uh, out of nowhere? The thing that I do agree with is I think the the standard, the double standard when it's inappropriate is, is that it's more okay to touch us. Yeah, like oh, it, yeah. It's, yeah, like it's more okay to poke and prod us. And for people that have, like, healthy boundaries about personal space, like, that's super, like, 
please don't touch me. Yeah, mm. it's uh, there. There was um, there was an early funny stand-up bit that I was watching where the guys. Okay, really funny might be a charitable definition. He talks about how like men and women are different, and it's time to just accept that. He goes, uh, and they're talking about like you know if if I'm in a burning building, yeah, I want a guy to come to come save me. But if uh, he's like all you people here tonight, do you get babysitters? Did any of you hire a guy to be a babysitter? No. <laughs> Because, of course not. Not because you're sexist, but because you're not an idiot. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I, I think that's the hard part. Like a lot of this is kind of navigating in a world that's both full of double standards, full of a, kind of a socially manufactured war between men and women. And then you've got the group in the middle that's telling you there's no difference between men and women anyways. And everybody's fighting and nobody knows even what they're fighting for anymore because it's all so uh, subversive. It's also kind of clouded by ideology and, and personal belief. And Hollywood is falls for into the forefront of pushing this stuff. I don't know how you get out of this other than to just tune it out. Consistency is a social construct. <laughs> Uh, what you can do is check yourself into an asylum. That would be nice. Mm. That would be nice. That's that's what I've been wanting to do recently. Uh, we could look for the chat for thirst comments. Oh no! No, you don't want to look. Uh, you don't want to look for the chat for thirst comments. Uh, yep. Germrot says, "Ladies, I am not a piece of meat." So he's <laughs> he's putting the boundaries out right there. He's not. A piece I've of seen meat. some disturbing thirst comments for Brett. That is not true. The, there's, I, they've literally been in the super chats. I just don't read them. The the thirst comments for Mary are, you know, that's it, somehow it, the ones for you are like worse, <laughs> more disturbing. Yeah, I, I will say this. Uh, when I see that stuff that, that, that said about uh, I understand that there's a vast difference between a public fi- being uh, any type of public figure as a woman and as a man. And I'm not trying to discount how that must be to like have that stuff said about you. Hey, I'm not no. complaining. I just don't look. It's it's pretty easy. Oh, we got uh, uh, it's you, you you find a way to just get through it fairly easily. Yeah. Guys just don't have the ability to get through it because they're not used to being complimented. So they're like, <laughs> "What does one do in this in this situation?" I think in Hispanic cultures is more common. Uh, the compliment stuff. Yeah, definitely. In what way? In in every single way. Because you guys like, are more um, like touchy feely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the thing that the United States beat out of me is that. Uh, back in Puerto Rico, I would kiss, uh, when you would see what I would see my coworkers and like uh, the advertisement agency that I worked in. Everyone would hug the, the guys would hug. Uh, you would hug the females and kiss them on the cheek, typically for hello and goodbye. And I did that on my first day <laughs> of the master's degree with the students and the teachers. And but after looking their faces, I was like, oh, okay. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do that anymore. <laughs> it is what it is, man. No one was offended, but they were like, okay, that was a thing. I think that, did you, like, that was, I ever told you that was my, kind of my first awakening to, was was one of those classic stories of, uh, of a feminist that when I was uh, going to visit a friend at college, I, I, this is a long time ago, long before I became more politically aware and active. Uh, I had a, I held a door for someone and she goes, next time you want to hold a door for a woman, why don't you ask yourself whether uh, you believe she's capable of doing it on her own or I not? I would slam it. And I face. was like, and the thing is, is I'm like looking down and not looking at who it is because it's just polite to hold the door for whoever's behind you because that, that, they're at that exact distance where if they if you don't hold it, it's going to slam It's right completely in their face. irrelevant to you whether or not this person is male or female. I looked up yeah. as they're saying this to me and it's like it, even capturing the tone is impossible of that amount of like insincere uh, kind of incredulousness. 
And it's like, you only experience, you, like they don't understand the power that saying something that buff, like that much of a buffoon statement has on someone like to remember that all those years later. And I don't know if it necessarily that plays a role in me being where I am today, but it certainly stuck with me all those years later. And that mm-hmm. goes back to that core issue of we are as a society struggling to figure out how men and women fit together in current year because the act of holding a door for someone isn't gendered. I think it is actually. I don't think it should no, be. No, no, it should be. I don't it think it should be. be. I think that's, that you That's hold why the, people say chivalry is dead. No, you, don't hold, you guys. That's, that's the, holding the Men door are up. supposed to do things for women and, and buy women stuff. I yes. think so. Like, I, I genuinely think so. I agree and, with that. Um, In a car door with somebody you're out on a date with, if I'm going into a restaurant and but someone But it's not is, just about dates. I mean, that's why you do things for, for older women. I'm just it's saying all, that holding like, a door all is women, not chivalry dictates all women are deserving of a certain special treatment because they carry and sustain life it's just a truth and i I think it's the energy more than anything you know like like when again like using puerto rico as an example if someone would get a haircut like oh my god you're looking great today or or if you could tell like they put some particular extra effort in how they're dressing like everyone would make a big fuss out of it and in, in like a positive way yeah you know I'm not. That, saying, I don't see that as much here. I'm seeing that you do do that for for women, but I'm also saying that holding a door when there's a line of people behind you is just common courtesy. You do it for yeah. everyone, that, so that's, that's that you do that. For, like, I'm not saying that. Uh, if yeah. anything, that I do believe heavily in chivalry, especially not just uh, like you say, all women because women are the ones who bring life into this world. But I also believe that it's it's kind of a lost art when it comes to things. But I also believe that society's kind of killed that for all of us. But I'm just saying that how that woman behaved isn't helping. Yeah. No. And, and that's indicative and of... And she's ruining it for, for and, other women. And I believe that that starts, uh, that, that a lot of that started in universities, went to Hollywood and became a mainstream issue amongst them with their girl boss, don't need no have man, you ever, <laughs> Have you ever noticed like walking opposite a woman on a sidewalk that she refuses to shift... Her weight uh, or, or move over, move, move to the other side because she probably saw at some point a Tumblr post that told her not to because it's somehow misogynist that <sighs> men <laughs> don't move first and that they feel <sighs> entitled to our space. Yeah, like it just makes you seem uncool and insecure it's, to it's overcompensate super... like that. The I was just be able to take a compliment, be able to take a favor from somebody and there's a lot of a lot of insecurity there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll never like the day that I was walking down the street in 2018 and a woman was walking with her child wearing an all men are R words shirt. I kind of lost. No way. I, I lost a lot of hope for humanity. Um, no. Yes. Uh, she was. I would literally like go off on a person if I saw them wearing something like that, it's especially like, around children. Now that what? like between those two incidents, that and that, like I, I like I people ask like, how do you end up where you are? You never and, told me that. Yeah. Like, and and I think about that now, and I'm like, that kind of does <laughs> kind of explain how you end up where you end up. Like, and they don't realize that they're they're not helping their cause; they're pushing people the opposite way because any rational person reads something like that and is appalled. Right. And I do believe that a lot of that starts on Tumblr, but it also starts in Hollywood by promoting these extremely gender, you know, these uh, ideologically separate ideas that are constantly at war with each other. And uh, I think that's a big problem. So, mm-hmm. All right. We got a couple of super chats. Yes. Uh, by the way, I've seen some 
disturbing things trending on Twitter throughout the show. I saw the word demonic. Uh, now, <laughs> Alyssa Milano, that's disturbing. And Did you see her? her and her- Cocaine Bear, which... Uh, the poster for this movie called Cocaine Bear just got released. Maybe we'll review that. Sounds right. Would have been right up my alley a couple of years ago. Interesting. I'm name. Did you did you see did you see the Melissa Alyssa Milano self own about Tesla and VW? Oh yeah. I can't Remind me to that what woman. she said. She's 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 uh she she basically said she got rid of her Tesla because <laughs> Nazis. I mean, at instead. least she's sticking by her principles. No, she got rid of it for a, for a VW, which was literally created by the Nazi Party. So oh. people pointed out that that's a huge cell phone to get rid of your Tesla because Nazi, and then you buy a VW, which was literally yeah the part from the party of Nazis. So also, if anybody wants to look back at something that was the height of, you know, everybody points to the picture of the girl playing like the clarinet with the hole in her mask as like oh. the as peak COVID hysteria. Look back at the picture of Alyssa Milano with the crocheted mask with holes in it as peak COVID uh, <laughs> stupidity. That was when we hit rock bottom. Boys. All right, let's go to Super Chats. BMF Nate Dog said, agree with Mary, would rather see a chick naked. Yes, most of us would. <laughs> Wayward Soul said, there was a dude that applied for our nanny job posting. And I was like, GTFO. And you, like, it's not even like you mean anything by it. You're just like, I'm not taking any chances, dude. Yeah. No. Even hiring a woman is taking a chance. Yeah. And, it's just uh, less of a chance. But are there, uh, when, are women going to get into the buttling profession? Do women buttle? Are there female butlers? Oh, I, w- I didn't even know what you were talking about for a second. I didn't Butler. know that was the verb. That's the verb. It's buttle. Does, does one <laughs> I buttle? I love that. Uh, Depends on which websites you visit. <laughs> They're going to clip you. I, I need to know now. Is that, are, are there female butlers? And are we are we going for gender parity and equal? Well, now you can't say waiters and waitresses. You have to say servers. <sighs> or isn't wouldn't waiter just be non- no, because then you're ass- you're assuming the male that male one. is default. Yeah. Waffle Sensei said, "I agree, Dane. Why do people get so weirded out when I French kiss them at the board meeting? These people have such hangups. That is weird. Honestly, I, I hate it when that happens. It's just like, hey, I'm just showing. Or when you show a pornographic video to the entire room of board executives. How <laughs> else do you get main guest house? That that is a good point. How does one become the main guest host without huh. French kissing someone at the board? Truly." <laughs> Awful Sensei said, for real though, Kings, never listen to the feminists. Hold the door open, buy nice girls nice things, and be a strong, positive male role model. Seriously. It, it does feel to me that the, pe- the, the women who seem, and maybe it's your own bias, it's like confirmation bias, but the women who, feel the most, who seem the most authentic are the ones that talk about how they, uh, they prefer. Now, they're not saying like, where are all the masculine men? They're saying that the men that I uh, am drawn to in life uh, have more masculine tendencies, uh, take control of situations, take the lead when, when the, when the situation calls for it, uh, wants to be the breadwinner in the household, this and that, because that's against the grain for what society says today. I buy it more than I, than I would buy it for somebody who's saying it just because the, the press tells them that they have to contribute this, contribute this, uh, be girl boss, be this, this and that. Like it is like one of those things. It's totally an, like an Andrew Tate slash Sneeko thing to say, but like guys not caring about like how much money you make. Like that's a nice thing to say, uh, like on its head, but most people can't afford to be like single ho- income households these days. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the middle ground between that? Like there has to be a middle ground there. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, I also think to like uh, we they were talking about. I don't remember if it was in the if it was in the Strange Worlds article, but in one of the things they were talking about, they said we did a great job of telling uh, boys or, or girls that they could do. And this is something that I've said a million times, but they phrased it a little bit differently. That for the last twenty years, and especially when I was in school, that you told young girls that they could be anything they wanted, that they could do anything they wanted, they could be the CEO. Yes. They can, but they didn't teach boys how to deal with that uh, once they become fathers and husbands because they don't know, and it's phrased in a feminist way, but I actually agree with aspects of it. Like the men aren't told, you know, when society's gender roles were more uh, clear cut, men and women knew what their roles were in the house and men knew how to behave. But now as this stuff gets all muddled through media through movies, through television, through all these things, we don't know how to respond because there's nobody telling you, guiding you to do that because our parents weren't raised in that environment. And now there are ways that women make up for it that yeah. we can't stand, like not being able to decide on a restaurant. Does, does, does that like, one... It's, it's totally uh, the shit test culture now. Like they have to go through all of these uh, ulterior motives yeah, do, do, just to to see whether a man is capable of making an extremely unimportant decision. Like there's a there, there's a singer named Y uh, YX. He does these really funny videos. Him and his wife, and he does these videos where he basically roasts his wife in song. And he has this one where she's like, it, the whole song, it's like to an Ed Sheeran song about how she can't pick out where the frick to go to eat. And it's uh, I, maybe I'll, I'll play that uh, on one of the episodes. But yeah, like that's uh, it's the way it is. In these case days. some of you didn't know, that's because she doesn't want to pick she wants you to pick it uh, yeah uh, by the way yeah i 40 Obviously. i 40 chess the i don't know what to eat other i don't know what to eat how do you 40 chess it you say oh i already ordered from x and if they want something else it's like oh no i wanted this and i'd be like psych i haven't ordered so now i'm gonna order that yeah and, i mean you could just decide on a restaurant i mean if i really like, want something I'll i get decided it. on blank yeah i mean but typically one d chess but the thing is if if I want something, I'm gonna say it incessantly because that's me. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got a couple more. Tacti Platy said confirmed that big avocado backs these feminists. That is absolutely true. True. And the soy, uh, it's the soy industry as a whole. It must stop. Do your research. Matt said, "Gotta take distance into consideration. Don't make me run to the door. It's more inconvenient than opening it. Applies when I'm crossing the street too." <laughs> he's he's right about that. There is I have at one point or another held the door for two, like it wasn't too long for me but you could tell that the weird that our social dynamic changed because the person felt like they had to hurry up and i'm like i'm fine you can walk at your same pace but yeah. i realized by the time like we had already made eye contact by that point so i couldn't just like leave but maybe <laughs> maybe if you had opened the door and they didn't make a show of needing to hurry up then you'd be like that's kind of presumptuous don't you think i have somewhere to be no because i made i made the first move to be the I, I started that interaction that that's is on why me. when someone stops for me to cross the street i don't run i yeah. i walk i don't want to be all like weird and and neurotic about it mm. Luis Aguilar said to the fellas unlucky with the ladies surprise her with boba it worked for me but it also helps that I'm tall dark and handsome that does always help I've heard boba <laughs> is I've been in my boba era we were talking about this earlier I had so much boba over the Thanksgiving break like it's insane how much is uh, so much like I got this cup of it at the mall that was like I, I couldn't fit my hand around it or like if I had like tried to grab it 
two hands around like it, it wouldn't have reached like i wouldn't have been able to reach around it like it, it was a gigantic bucket of boba like it was like a bucket <laughs> did it feel did it feel like you'd gone too far at that point no nope. no i haven't gone far enough that's why it's the era that's, that's why I'm in my boba era. Uh, in the chat, uh, Chris, Brett hates when people say that. Chris Noski says, "What's I'm boba? What it, uh, explain what boba is?" Um, it's what? like any like drink that's tea or coffee or like juice with like little pearls at the bottom that are made of like tapioca or they have like they don't have to be made of tapioca. They can also like be made of other jelly like gelatin. That was like, the first. They can pop and have like little fruit juice inside. That was the first thing I ate when I moved to the U.S. Bubble tea, and I was like, "What is this? Really? It is incredible." All right, and it's not even an American. I mean, food. it is now. <laughs> is it? Is it? No, uh, I think it's uh, like officially declared it. I thought it was like Japanese or something. That's what I thought. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not American. All right. All right, Dane, thank you so much, man. Hey, man, thank you. Let thank everyone you. know where they can find you. I'm always so bad at the, the outros. Outro? Uh, oddly enough. Don't put so um, much pressure on yourself, Dane. It's so simple. You got it. Go for it. Bye, everyone. At Dane <laughs> Font on Twitter. D-A-N-E-F-O-N-T. Since some people don't know how to spell Dane Font. Seriously. And we got one more super chat there. Waffle Sensei said, but Mary, when people stop their car so you can cross the street, do you give them a little wave? Uh, I, I give the wave. Don't. I give the wave. I don't. I give actually. the. You don't give the wave. No. I give the wave. I don't give people the wave in my in my car either when they let me into the lane because I feel like they don't even see my hand anyway. What about the piece? I don't. No. Okay, well. All right. There's a couple Terrence more. Terrence Rice there. said, hashtag boba bucket. I'm not going to read that, Tacti Pilati. I figured. And I'm not going to read that bad up. As we figured. Uh, Mary. Classic. Well, it's, like, it's, it's how we end the show here. It's very classic for us to have stuff we can't read. So, Mary, mm-hmm. why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? You can find pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived, and you can read my inane thoughts on Twitter, also at Mary Archived. All right. Guys, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. I want to thank you once again for showing up today and watching the show and coming on the show with us. It was a lot of fun. We got one more from Thousand Foot Deep End. Says, ah, y'all are leaving, but I just got here. Well, (laughs) you got a couple more minutes here while we do this outro, but I want to thank everybody for showing up. Uh, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. Uh, Also, uh, like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. We want to grow the channel. We want to get the videos out there. Share them with your friends. We want everyone to see this stuff. Uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify, if you would prefer to listen rather than watch. Uh, I don't think Mary's going to read that one. not reading that one one either, badass. She's not going to read that one, but we appreciate it. Anyways, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify for all your listening needs. We're also on Twitter, uh, at Podcasts. Pop Culture underscore show, Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.